For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast. Okay, um, I just wonder, so reading through the papers this morning and paper after paper after paper, apart from the, the red tops uh, that have the odd, funny, lighthearted story, it's just so damn depressing. It really and truly is. I've left a lot of the depression out, actually, from many of the articles in the papers this morning, but one that you can't avoid, of course, is uh, the European Central Bank. They're going to put up uh, interest rates by half a percent today. That will very much impact on people uh, and their mortgages with the mail saying this morning, say on an average mortgage, it could be the difference of an increase of €900 Euro, uh, a year. It's all inflationary related, of course. And the mail talks also of people here in the month of July starting to worry over return to school and the cost involved in that. And indeed Christmas, the savvy ones, of course, are tipping away with regards to Christmas all year long. We're chatting earlier in the week that Christmas and everything that's attached to it has just gone so crazy now. It's hysteria, really, when you think of the amount of money and things that turn the stress and the anxiety and the financial worry and financial headaches that uh, uh, are caused to people because of Christmas. But there you have it nonetheless. Uh, a lot of stories regarding cash. And this was something that people got very emotive on this program yesterday morning. AIB uh, going cashless. And as many were suggesting yesterday, this is the start of more things to come. When, it, when we talk about banks in general um, and moving away from cash and moving away from counter services and ultimately closing more and more branches where everything will be digitalized and everything to do with the bank because it won't involve cash will be done on a mobile phone or an, on a laptop. But we have TDs now coming out uh, criticizing uh, the changes with regards to AIB because 12 branches in Cork uh, will go uh, cashless, 170 uh, nationwide. So all that's happening and lots more besides. There's a lovely story in the Examiner actually about Formoy, right? I was in Formoy a couple of months ago. I have a buddy called Ed who's got a cafe up there, Ed's Cafe, and it's flying it was a beautiful sunny day and from why it was looking beautiful and a great place to have a walk around. And to be honest with you, even though it was a Sunday, it struck me that businesses in from why seem to be thriving. You know, you don't, I didn't notice a whole lot of closed up or abandoned buildings and what have you, but that was just my own interpretation of it. But uh, things are thriving, I suppose, so much now that um, apparently uh, the council has to reclaim green areas in council estates just to create more parking spaces because apparently neighbours who were formerly friendly are rowing over spaces for their motoring cars in their housing estates. Um, and the examiner says that in some cases there could be four or five cars clogging up driveways and estates um, because the family nest has got bigger. Uh, and of course, this is related to not being able to get your own house or not be able to rent your own house. So you've got sons and daughters at home, coming back to home or staying at home, you know, longer. And they've got motor cars, so Mammy might have a car, Daddy might have a car, you might have a son with a car, you might have a daughter with a car. Are you going to put all these cars in the estates? Well, we'll reclaim the green areas and make bigger parking areas. That's the solution above in Formoy. Uh, I was talking about interest rate increases, and you probably have been noticing a lot more, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know, optics now with regards to people in employment, particularly in, in public sector but not limited to public sector, looking for wage increases to, uh, you know, to match inflation and to, you know, maybe get ahead of it. So they're looking for a lot of wage hikes. But there are other wage-related stories making the papers today, including Dunn Stores employees. They're lodging a pay claim and they're looking for a minimum of uh, 7.7%. And they also want paid maternity leave and sick pay. 
Um, from reading that paragraph, is it the case that Dunn Store staff don't get paid maternity leave and don't get uh, sick pay? Tesco recently announced a 10% rise uh, for staff at the end of May and mandate the trade union on behalf of people uh, working in retail are looking for 13.30 per hour, 21 days annual leave, um, a rise to €19.75 and 25 days annual leave for those that are in the job at least 10 years. Uh, and they also want uh, a lot with regards to sick pay and maternity leave. So that's within retail, trying to get people paid better. Uh, and in other areas then of uh, employment, apparently the Sun this morning says that more than half of Ireland's construction companies are struggling to recruit skilled workers. Where did they all go? I mean, is it, it could be a case that after the issues with regards to COVID and lockdown and jobs going and pop and stuff like that, that many of those working in construction may have gone back to their own countries. Or others then who weren't in construction because they were closed got other jobs and found, hey, this is better. It's easier work. It pays pretty good. And, you know, I'm not out in all sorts of weather. Uh, but I'd love to hear from the trades with regards to that. I know we touched on the lack of apprentices there couple of months back, but staff shortages um, really will impact on a lot of other things. I mean, you're not just talking about office buildings or apartment blocks, but clearly homes as well. So worker shortage, a blow uh, to builders. And then there is a story that makes the front of this morning's Cork Independent. There is a multinational brewery and pub chain will start pouring pints on Leaside tomorrow when Brewdog opens its doors on Washington Street. I know absolutely nothing about it apart from criticism of ex-staff of, of Brewdog. I suppose it's somewhere along the lines of Weatherspoons. They brew all their own beer. Uh, they do funky food and what have you. And it started in Scotland. Uh, but along the way, it's attracted a lot of controversy based around the treatment of staff. And the Cork Independent this morning say that uh, its owners have apologised on numerous occasions to ex-staff regarding their treatment. And there's even a boycott uh, here in Cork that's been gathering momentum since the new bar was announced to boycott a brew dog. So that's the front of the Cork Independent today. And then even if you haven't got an electric car or never even intend to have an electric car, you can still get a grant for it. Couldn't make this stuff up. So homeowners will be able to get a grant to put in an electric vehicle charging point. Sure, why not? They'll give you 600 euro. How much would it be? What is the cost of an EV charge? You know, charger fitted to your house. It'd be north of 600, wouldn't it? Would it be 800? Would it be a grand? Would it be 1,200 euro? That's a story that makes the sun today. And car prices continue to rise. It's hard enough to get new cars. And that's why there's huge demand now on secondhand cars. And that's why uh, we're back to Japanese imports again now. Uh, but car prices, when you look at the increases to pre-pandemic, a secondhand car, when you compare it to a pre-pandemic price of a secondhand car and now, is jumped by 64%. They're 64% higher than they were before COVID. I mean, that's an astonishing figure, isn't it? And can I just mention this? Because I'm really intrigued by stories when it comes to DNA or unsolved crime. I hope you're with me on that. You might find this interesting. And and I'll I'll tell you why in a second, why it might relate to us. There's a guy called David Sinopoli. He's 68. He's just been taken into custody in Philadelphia, right? Because way back in 1975, a young woman by the name of Sue Beachler, a 19-year-old girl, was found fatally stabbed in her apartment in Lancaster County in 1975. And they searched and they investigated for years and years and years. But this guy, um, David Sinopoli, 
was a possible suspect and had been for quite some time. Now, DNA technology has moved on vastly, certainly since the 1970s. So they always knew, you know, that that this guy was in the frame or they were interested in him. So they came across this new DNA technology. So they were ready to pounce on the guy, but they needed to get a sample of his DNA. So they followed him to Philadelphia International Air Terminal, right? They waited for him to put down a discarded coffee cup that he drank coffee from. They seized the coffee cup. They took it away. All of this new DNA technology then, they were able to match his fingerprints with DNA found on Sue Beachley's underwear. And they arrested him on Sunday for a crime back in 1975. Now, I mentioned that. Because there is new technology in America that I was reading a couple of weeks back, which is almost like DNA hoovering. They have a new piece of kit, apparently, that can hoover DNA. I guess it must be very high powered, whatever tech they use, from anything. So, you know the breeze block that was used to uh, kill and murder Sophie Toscan de Plantier? The Irish Gardaí now are going to use this American technology. It's being brought over to literally hoover uh, any potential DNA from the breeze block. I mean, talking about getting, as the fellow said, blood from a stone, and I don't mean that to sound crass. I mean, it's incredible what they can do now. So one wonders, is there DNA in that breeze block um, that they might be able to get out of it to ultimately solve this crime? In some lighthearted news this morning, do you ever, do you ever wonder, because I'm afraid of dogs. I've always been afraid of dogs. I've been bitten by one or two of them years ago and uh, had a couple of run-ins with dogs that were quite nasty. So I'm afraid of them. And I'm always very kind of wary as to, is this a friendly dog? Is it not a friendly dog? Um, best people to ask guidance to with regards to dogs are, are, are postmen and postwomen, postal workers. But apparently there's research out now saying, uh, you know, that you can tell how happy or sad a dog is by the way they wag their tail. Apparently they're in their best form altogether in the whole wide earthly world if they're wagging their tail to the right. But it got me thinking, apparently and I'm open to correction on this from you guys who are, are dog lovers. Not that I don't love dogs. I love my own dog, but everybody else's across the street to avoid them. Uh, but they say that if the dog is barking, right, but wagging his or her tail at the same time, everything's cushy. You got nothing to worry about. They're wagging their tail and barking. That's fine. It's if the tail is down, right, particularly between the legs or under the legs, you're in trouble then if the dog's tail is down and growling. Not okay. But a, a postman once told me, because I was wondering about this, because they deal with all sorts of dogs. He says, um, you're fine if a dog is wagging their tail and barking, but if the tail is down and they're growling, that's aggression. And he said the best way for people to get around that with their dog, if a stranger comes, the dog thinks everybody comes to your house as a stranger, right? But um, they're not always. They just don't know the person. So if somebody comes that you know and the dog goes ballistic, touch the person. So you reach out and touch the person's arm or shoulder or whatever. Then the dog says to themselves, ah, this is okay. Um, Nothing to fear here. This person is known. And they're cool then. And that was advice I got from a postman once. So dogs and wagon tails tell a lot, apparently. And just finally, because I'm a huge fan of uh, Only Fools and Horses. Do you recall the episode um, of the Peckham Springs water um, farce that Del Boy got up to? You remember there was a leaky tap? at Grandad's allotment, and Del Boy decided that he would um, bottle this um, Peckham Spring water and make millions. This time next year, Rodney, we'll be millionaires. Well, they've only gone and sold one of the bottles of Peckham Spring water, and apparently somebody has bought it for 6 
thousand euro. Each of those episodes were a classic, um, and uh, a bottle of Peckham Spring water sold yesterday for six grand. I could have you under the trace descriptions, Act. You call it Peckham Spring, but it ain't from a spring. Yeah, well, Sainsbury's, they sell runner beans, but they emptied around a track three times, have they? <laughs> All right, then. What about the claim on the label, then? From an ancient and natural source? Yeah, the Thames. <laughs> Can't be more ancient and natural than that, can it, eh? Anyway, we got a certificate from the Swans Committee saying this is some of the finest water they've ever analysed. Yeah, because what they analysed weren't this. It was Malvern or Buxton water. <laughs> in every episode an absolute classic and just finally there is another one of the uh, uh, television related stories where the boss of Netflix is saying that traditional television will be dead in 10 years that Netflix and streaming and you know watching stuff on different platforms will ultimately see off traditional TV within a decade that's all very well but Netflix need to look after themselves because they have been shedding millions of subscribers in the last 12 months they need to reverse that don't they the number one talk show in Cork if it's happening in Cork Neil is talking about it the Neil Prenderville show on Red FM lots on banks yesterday and cashless society and not having any customer service anymore and it's only going to get worse and worse particularly if you're interested in a bit of interaction when you want to buy something or go into a retail setting or a bank. Gillian, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And I'll get back to texts and emails on this in a moment. But you have set up a Facebook page called Cork Says No to Cashless Ireland. That's right. I only set it up last night, Neil. Um, And the reason I set it up, because I suppose my, my husband has a business. And to be honest, we only deal in cash only. And I suppose we see how important it is, especially for the vulnerable customers. Um, to be fair, like they wouldn't even be able to hold, you know, manage a phone or a text message and to bring this on them. I feel like, I mean, to be honest, Neil, like the people bailed out the banks as well, you know, and I mean, our government has a majority shareholder of the AIB, you know, bank. You yeah, know, they have- and you could be looking at AIB with a 800 million euro profit last year, a Bank of Ireland with a 1.3 or 1.4 billion euro yeah. profit last year and you wonder it's like, ridiculous. why are you I shooting mean, yourself I mean, in the foot with customer service exactly and I have an AIB bank uh, account myself and I will be closing it and I would urge everyone else to boycott AIB if they go down this route because this you know if they go down this route as you said previously it's just going to go further and further unless we do something about it yeah, um, and yeah. actually yesterday I never spoke about businesses that only deal in cash and there are yeah. businesses that only deal in cash. Um, I, I, don't yeah. think, I don't think you'd find it in a big multinational or anything like that, but no, small, smaller small businesses you will. No, businesses. A lot of barbershops now and hairdressers and small independent businesses would deal in cash only and it's always been the way. And is know? that because of bank charges and credit card charges that yes. you have to pay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. otherwise the prices would have to be increased an awful amount and being honest, like, I mean, I always give. I've been giving out to my husband because cost of gone, you know, cost of living and commercial businesses actually EFB is actually way higher yeah. than commercial businesses. Yeah. And I, like he doesn't put up the prices. And to be honest, like he he wants to keep his clients. He doesn't want to overcharge people because a lot of people as well have been overcharging since the costs have gone up. I feel even in a lot of businesses they've put them up further just by blaming the cost of living. But it's, it's basically have you any proof people. of that though? You know, because oh, definitely. I mean, even like I know, even in hairdressers, uh, you know, in Cork City, that the price is nearly twice the amount for a head of highlights than it was before COVID, and it's no way that amount. You know, hold and, on a second. Know, it's, twice it's everywhere. How, how much is? 
forgive me now if I get all the terminology wrong, but a woman goes in to get highlights done because she's changed the colour of her hair, is it? So that's called highlights. Yeah. Uh, how long How long would yeah. that take? Well, about three hours. Okay, wh- like. what would the yeah. cost of it be? Um, well, I suppose previously you could be talking maybe 120 to 130, whereas now it could be anything up to 220. 220? It co- can be, yeah. To colour your yeah. hair? It can. I mean, they have shoved the prices up everywhere and everything. 220? How often would yeah. you have to do that? Um, well, I wouldn't be doing it much, but well, no, to be just, honest, just for somebody who wanted to get it done, you could be doing it every maybe six to eight weeks, depending what? on how, what? you know, the regrowth. Yeah. Two, every two you months? Know. 200 it can, two to three months. So, well, it wouldn't be a full head every time. It'd be a half a head, you know. But to be honest, it's just gone phenomenal. The price increases in so a lot would a, of businesses. So would a woman, would a, would a woman oh. that's nearly two grand a year. Oh, people pay it, yeah. I get a haircut every seven or eight weeks. It costs me yeah. 15 euro on a five or ten. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what it would be normally for men, yeah. Um, but saying that, if you go in, like I won't mention the names of premises, but it, there are places in the city, and I was passing them recently, and we were downfounded. Twenty-seven euros a haircut for a man. I was saying, oh my god, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but, but um, saying, what do you get but, for that? Like, do you get a free manicure or the cut in your hair? Do you get a chill uh, a beer? Wash and, a wash and a cut. <laughs> That's about it, Neil. For twenty-seven euro, you must get yeah. chilled beer out of a fridge or a, a shot of <laughs> you a shot. You'll be hoping you get a shot of whiskey or something. Well, I, I, there there yeah. are a couple. There's one on. Parliament yeah. Bridge on um, that's a fabulous barbershop there. I think they give you beer yeah. or a whiskey. Really? I think I think, yeah. th- I think they do. What's that one there? Uh, is it Parliament Street? Just over Parliament Bridge, just as you're going for yeah. uh, the Mall. Oh, right. Twenty seven uh, euro for a haircut. Yeah, there is places and it was funny because my husband was telling me recently he had clients in and they were offering him thirty euros a haircut and he was like, No, no, it's thirty for two and they were like, Oh my god, you're so cheap like but the problem is is you have to look if you have your clients, you have to respect your clients. Fair enough, if they if things increase a little bit more then he will put maybe a euro or two on to think. Okay, no, I, not I, going to I understand. And, I, and, and, and okay, and I'll come back to the second. That one on Parliament Street is, uh, no, that's, um, might be just over Parliament Bridge. It's called the mm. Asylum Barbershop. Okay. On Parliament Street. They, uh, they were on the air with me a couple, when they opened, actually. I think there's, mm. you get a cold beer or you get a shot of whiskey, which I thought was kind of mm. novel. But anyway, yeah. just, just on this subject yeah, of, 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 of hair. Yeah. And these prices have gone up since what? Since inflation since started raging? Since the, after the lockdowns, I feel every industry has, every industry, doesn't matter what it is, they have increased the prices. And I know things have gone up. Oh, why does that happen? I don't know why that happens. The, the whole desk just shuts down on me. And I'll come, come back to her in a few minutes' time because I am intrigued actually to price it, particularly with regards to hair highlights and what have you like you, you, even if you were to say okay it's not 240 but even if it was a uh, 150 say for instance and it was every six to eight weeks go and do the maths on that what it must be just to keep that color in your hair we'll pick it up after the break call the neil prenderville show now 0818 104 red fm okay it'd be good to talk to hairdressers or people who have a hair salon actually to say okay if it is 175 or 185 or as jillian was saying over 200 in some places as to why and just to justify the cost I mean if it's three hours um, you're sitting in a chair for three hours but are they working on you for three hours is it the cost of product uh, you know I don't know why they charge so much it just seems very high particularly if it has to be done like if you're if, if you're one colour and you want to change the colour of your hair forever then clearly you have to go back and get the highlights done as the hair is growing 
Gillian's saying every six to eight weeks. It seems like a, a lot of dosh to me. Uh, anyway, I'd love to hear from more people, particularly prices. What are you paying? Text 86 Neil, you're talking about bank, banks closing down with regards to cash and uh, encouraging people to go to post offices. Well, local post offices are not very safe places to do your banking. Most are very small and have no privacy. Not a very safe way of doing things. Well, to be honest with you, I have heard of stories of people, not just in post offices, to be honest, but also in banks who withdrew money and were followed, you know, being watched in banks and post offices, followed and then subsequently robbed. Um, With regards to a cashless society, this is all part of the Great Reset. The conspiracy theorists were bang on. COVID, war and inflation is to bring the world down to rock bottom. And then people will accept any kind of new world order. No hiding this anymore. It's all being revealed. Just open your eyes. Uh, And another person sent me an interesting screen grab. A cashless society means no more tuck away cash for those preparing to leave domestic violence. No more purchases of marketplace unless you want to risk bank transfer fraud. No more garage sales. No more cash donations to hungry homeless you pass. No more cash slipped into the hands of a child from their grandparents. No more money in birthday cards. No more piggy banks or tooth fairies for your children. No more selling bits and pieces from your home that you no longer want for a bit of cash in return. And less choice of where you purchase based on affordability. Um, And uh, that's just something to think about. Uh, It'll mean no cash, zero Absolutely none. Uh, and that's the way the world is going. So uh, just actually, let me just see if I've got Gillian back again. So also with regards to barbers, say, for instance, your, your husband's barbershop, would there be a portion of the clientele that would be elderly that wouldn't have Revolut or a debit card tap and go? Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going to what's going to happen with uh, he, he's going to be forced into getting a, a credit card machine. Neil, I suppose we're going to fight it, um, to be honest, and that's why I set up the group last night, the, the Cork says no to a cashless Ireland, because I feel that Ireland has a lot, you know, let this government get away with so much. I mean, if we let this happen, the government will have complete control over everything we do, everything we spend, they'll have access to everything. They, you know, it's, not, it's all about track and trace, Neil, it's all about control, you know. A lot of texts saying that, actually. You're not alone that. Um, No, it's not. And the thing is, Neil, what I wanted to talk actually about as well today was what is happening out in China, for instance. They started going down this route in 2014. And there is a social credit system in China. I don't know if you're aware of it. There is a what? A social credit system. Okay, what's that? And what that basically means is it's point scoring you. So if you're a good little boy, you get a point. You get points. If you commit a violate a little offence, you get deducted in points, which means that basically you may not be able to get a train ticket. You may not be able to fly on a train or a plane. You know. When you That's say like w- this point system is for breaking the law, is it? It's a point system to do with basically it's all to do with credit and cash, and it's all connected to your account. So basically, if you are, if you say, for instance, didn't pay your taxes on time, you will get that blacklisted. Ah, because they can track you and trace. Yeah, somebody. I got a very you. interesting email earlier in the week that was somebody was saying something along those lines that in the world and going forward, yeah. when they can yeah. track and trace everything because there's no more everything. cash, they'll know yeah. how much you're spending, and if they mm-hmm. feel they being the government or whomever, yeah. if they it's feel, Prendival, uh, no, we can see there he's spending way too much on petrol or he's spending way too much online. 
and they yeah. can shut that part down that part of my they transactions down they can shut down. down your accounts whenever the hell they feel like it and that is all government control and that's what's coming and the other side of it is if, for instance in China um, recent, since 2014 you had 23 million people that were banned from buying tickets train tickets alone why? Because they had violations and wanted, like, as in, they didn't pay their taxes on time. They might have had, say, uh, you know, like a fine for driving too fast and they didn't pay it on time. That's another offence. If in China, like, they would basically give you points for everything. Do you think that if there was no cash and everything was online in every single way, they'd actually dip into your bank accounts for extra, for, you know, you know, we had universal well, you're social get charges, charges and, and people, it's great tapping your card. And I, I, you know, we all do it at times. And I'm trying to stop my myself now if I'm honest I'm a devil for buying online I have to hide stuff at times to be honest but I'm actually stop I'm after stopping it who are you hiding the stuff from I get killed for all my spending online <laughs> you know um, you know no, women like and spending yeah, but um, to be honest I had to stop myself because if we all continue to it's great to tap and buy online but that's feeding into this and the more we do it the more bank links, the bank links will be taken out of the wall and it will be completely cashless. Okay, interesting here you with know? regards to prices on hair for women, uh, highlights and what have you. Um, Gillian is correct. I got yeah. a price from a city hairdresser for mesh. Is that the way to pronounce it? Mesh? Yeah. yeah. And, and a cut medium hair length, €185. Euro. I politely I declined. Not a hope would I pay that. That's nothing more than gouging. I am going natural now. What is a mesh? What's that? Is that a highlight? Um, it's the same as highlights, yeah. Yeah. So 185. Um, yeah. Another one here. My granddaughter's friend who is 17 and school going recently paid 175 euro for highlights. And that was the cheapest around. It's madness. Mm-hmm. It's, it's madness. It seems, it seems very expensive. Everything is very expensive. I mean, look, all you have to do, even it's not even alone here, it's everything. It's food, it's fuel costs. I mean, they can blame it all on the war, this war. This, I wouldn't call it a war, Neil. Um, all they like but it's not it's been happening before this I mean when they started all the lockdowns and sending out PUP payments that started all this you know they yeah. caused a lot of it themselves to be honest okay and I just mean this government can reverse it I mean Pascal Donahue there he is like he is the Minister for Finance he's in a legal position to go into that bank and tell them exactly how things can be done but he doesn't want well to, we own 60% of it we bail them out um, we after bail the, them out yeah. and we're and these people that are elected in government they don't care about us at all none of them care about us they're only taking direction from the EU, Neil, you know? Yeah, you do and know, that's you, why you, Ireland yeah. needs to stand up now about, you know, what's going cashless. We need to stop it. You know, you do know that the timing of this is amazing because the doll's on oh, holidays, yeah. you know? So, um, you know. It's always the way that they're not there or they're not available. And even the same yesterday, I tried to ring my AIB bank to find out which, in my branch, was it, was it closing or not. And of course, that's there are some machines okay. again. That's that private you know? scoring system that you mentioned in China. Yeah. A, po- a person's yeah. social score can move up and yeah. down depending on their behaviour. Behavior. Now, the yeah. exact mythology of it is a secret, but examples of infractions that can affect your private credit score include yeah. bad driving, smoking yeah. in non-smoking okay. zones, buying yeah. too many video games, Posting yeah. fake news online, um, specifically about terrorist attacks and airport mm-hmm. securities. Um, spending too long playing video games. Wasting money on frivolous purchases. Uh, exactly. posting, posting too much on social media. Mm-hmm. Isn't, I mean, that's, that, there are examples. It's complete control, yeah. like, you know, and that will come here. And they, everybody, like when I said to somebody like two years ago, 
Ireland is going to go cashless. I was reading up on the about the cashless and I got into that side of it. And to be honest, you, we were laughed at. We were called, oh, conspiracy theorists, the rest. I mean, it is all happening and people need to take notice because you can, when the bank links are being pulled from the walls, they won't be, they won't be laughing then. You know. Okay. All right. Listen. Good luck to yeah. you and to your, to your husband. Thanks for taking the call, Julian. Uh, it's Thank a Facebook page called Cork Says No to Cashless Ireland. One other um, screen grab that was sent to me with regards to a cashless society. Banks have full control of every single penny you own in a cashless society. Every transaction you make is recorded. All your movements and actions are traceable. Access to your money can be blocked at the click of a button. You will have no choice but to declare and be taxed on every penny in your possession. The government will decide what you can and cannot purchase. If your transactions are deemed in any way questionable by those who create the questions, your money, your account will be frozen and they will ultimately tell you it's for your own good. Back to the phone lines we go. Text 0868104106. Damien, good morning. Thanks for holding. Good morning, Janil. Uh, how's the bingo going for you? It's, do you know what? It's it's good. It's good. So we uh, obviously we had a story last year where we we wouldn't open with the yeah. COVID vaccines, and in February finally, when everything was done, we we we, we opened. And we're now open three nights a week, and it's uh, up in Balabalan, and we're we're doing good. Okay. We're doing good. It's, okay. it's, it's all good. And Except, how how reliant would bingo, like yeah. your good self and others, be on cash? Yeah, very reliable. Like it, it, we're, we are cash. Like it's. I suppose the way bingo works is people come in, um, all ages, eighteen to eighty eight. You know, um, they they pay for their their handhelds or their bingo books, and obviously we pay out cash. So we rely on the cash coming in to have prize money to give back out. Cashless, cashless for us would be just wouldn't work. Like no, it wouldn't. You know. Absolutely not. You've got, I mean, look, a lot of our, I suppose, our older generation players, which which we'll call them, they, they don't, they don't trust online banking. They, they don't, they don't want to use, you know, a card or anything like that. And you know, some of our younger players are okay with it, but you know, we're seeing ourselves even, you know, more and more people that use cards will struggle for prize money um, on a night. I mean, we don't, we, we can't be, you know, holding on to thousands of money just to pay a prize money because yeah. people are paying cards. It just wouldn't work. Um, you know, the other, I suppose the other one as well is that. The, so the people will come in, and if they, if you're in cashless, you can't control what you're going to spend. Really, if you've got money in the bank, you know where someone will come up with forty quid for to us. They pay thirty two euro for the books, and then they might spend eight euros on a, a, a like a pongo game that we have, um, and then they won't spend any more. Whereas if you're if you're cashless, they could spend oh I spend forty oh Jesus I keep putting money they, into it. And put they money say into that it, actually uh, that people just um, they, they they have spontaneous purchases, not having to worry or even think about what's in their bank account. But when you have cash in your pocket, you know how much you can spend. Yeah, exactly. And we we play these things called it's like uh, the quick games of bingo. Like it's called pongo. So it's like fifty cent to play. So people will bring in a bag of change, um, and we play thirty of them games. So if we were cashless, can you imagine how. Oh, uh, so people just put into the slot and they play the game and it takes about, you know, three minutes to play. If you were cashless, you'd be tapping and you're trying to put money into the slots. I know, but it, but this is inevitable. I mean, you were in the pub game for long enough to know and the vintners are telling me yesterday that it's about 60-40 now in a pub. Say 60% is tap and 40% is cash. But as the generations change, I was talking about 20-somethings, they don't have any cash. None. Never. Ever. 
Yeah, but I look, but and that's the thing is, the, I suppose the younger people are kind of going, oh, it's great, don't have to carry any cash with me or anything like that. But they have to realise, and all your, your, I'm kind of agreeing with your, your your callers at the moment. If let's just say we are we on cashless, and then they decide, oh, we're going to bank, so we're going to bank charges on this. The government and the banks literally have control of everything. And you know, okay. you can't avoid a bill like that because they'll deduct it directly. Absolutely. So they can just literally add surcharges, fees, and debit cards whenever they want, and you can't do anything about it because, oh, that's it. you've no cash. It's all, it's all cashless. It's all cashless. It's like, and then, of course, uh, people were saying, I've been listening and agreeing with everyone, you know. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, you have, cash is king, and I know that's the word, like, but I mean, you know, it's, it, and what happens if we say if there's a power cut? Power cuts somewhere. And no, there's been power cuts around Cork lately, and the business goes down. Can't take any cash, can't yeah, Sorry. Yeah, you yeah. No, they can't open that day because there's a power cut. Because they can't use their cash. Or if there, if, there was, if there was a hack of a bank or, um, or a processing company that processed on behalf of banks, or they had a software <laughs> crash. So listen, you know yourself, any, any, any fraudsters will try to, if we've been cashless, I can guarantee you there'll be, there'll be millions spent on trying to hack these systems and stuff like that. You know? So up on Sunbeam, bingo, we need cash to survive. Okay. We okay. are a business that needs cash. Um, right, you know. Okay. Um, Thanks for taking the call. Yeah. Wait, what nights are the bingo, what nights are the bingo running? Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. We're open tonight now, and we've got a one and two euro night. So basically. And what could you, how much, you, could, what's, what, what kind of money could you win? Well, I suppose our last game would be 500, two and a half thousand euros in prize money. Uh, we will have 10, 15 games, 10, 12 games of bingo. We have 30 games of these little prize pongos. Yeah. What age group then are going to bingo? Would it be an older age group? Do you know, I suppose it's 18 to 88. And I, 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 I'm not joking with that. Our average age is probably around 40. But like, it's just a, you know, and I remember being on with you there last year and we were on about the social aspect of bingo. Now, there was plenty of online bingos running at the time. Um, since since we opened, I mean, we've got people up there, you know, who are in their 70s, 60s. Yeah, yeah. They just love coming in, playing their bingo. They don't use tap. They don't use cards. I know what you're saying. 18, 18 to 88. I suppose they're yeah. probably, the 18 and the 88, they're probably two fat ladies, are they? Oh, you can't say that anymore. Neil. Jesus, those, 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 those days are gone. Isn't that, a, isn't that a bingo term, though, two fat ladies? It used to be, yeah, yeah. You don't say, are you not allowed to say that anymore? <laughs> no. No? What, are the, what were the other terms in bingo that you can't say anymore? There's a few that are probably, there's a few I know that probably aren't suitable for radio, but... Um, uh, 88, you know, isn't we, it? 88, yeah. yeah. So we, we do other games. What do you call games, out for 88 now? It's just all the 8s, 88s. Um, the politically correct bingo. You could have just change um, it to two fat men. We wouldn't have minded. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you know? I suppose. Um, it, there, look, there are pubs and stuff out there, and they still stick those calls. But it, it, look, the, the, pe- the people, are the, the ones that come up to us, they, they enjoy a bit of. Um, it's, it's you know, it's peace and quiet, and it's it's their norm back after such a. Oh, for God's sake! Really a bit of human interaction, time. meeting their pals again, having a laugh. I get Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And yeah. we listen. We we play plenty. I heard your your your. Your ice cream innuendos the other day, and we we have little games tonight. Like tonight, now is what's in Damien's box. Um, but I have five boxes, Neil, and I put things into my box, uh, and people can win a game. They can win a prize to come up and put their hand in my box and see what's inside it. So you know, there's actually, a few, um, it'd be much smarter if you said what's in Damien's drawers. Come on now, ah, well, you know, but and get a drawer uh, there somewhere. 
Uh, yeah, but I, I won't tell you what box means, so that's okay. I've no um, idea. I've no idea what box means, and I'm happy to keep it that way. Thank you. And at that point, I'll end this conversation before there's a complaint into the BAI. Have a great good luck tonight with the bingo. Good luck. Thanks, and the bingo calling. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Open the gate, number eight, says my buddy Kevin. I'm sure that all the bingo calls out there. Share them with me. Text 0868104106. Uh, many other people then suggesting that it will really impact on buskers and people who uh, play and entertain us on our streets. Oh, I was in inside in town yesterday. Great buzz. It was a lovely day. It was dry and it was warm and there was a great buzz around. There's an awful lot of people having lunch. I was passing up Oliver Plunker Street. Saw some tourists sitting down at the Phoenix um, and they're... Uh, no, was it the Phoenix? The Phoenix, no, the Baron. Is it what's the one on Oliver Plunkett Street? Is it the Baron? Uh, and they were sitting down there outside and they were mixing with the locals, having a couple of pints and chatting. I could hear them talking about... Some of the locals were telling the Yanks where they should go in the city and stuff like that. It was just a, a great day. A wonderful day, actually. Great people around and great buzz and great atmosphere. Um, and there were people busking as well. So what would they do? No more cash for them. Church collections, other people are suggesting. Didn't I hear of churches that now have tapping facilities when you're given at collection time? And then, of course, the granny and the granddad putting the 10 or the 20 or the 50 in an envelope at Christmas time or for a birthday. How will that work going forward, I suppose? You know, we have to come up with another plan. Maybe granny and granddad will have to get a Revolut card. Did you notice Revolut as well? Gives you this function on Revolut that if you buy something, let's say it's uh, one eighty nine. Right, you pay the one eighty nine. Revolut then take the eleven cent. You can set a. F- there's a feature on it which you can set. They'll take the eleven cent, right? Bring it up to two euro, and they'll put it in a sa- in a saving vault for you. It also would happen if you bought something for say. I don't know what would happen if it was two fifty one. Would they take forty nine cent? I don't know what happens then. But slowly but surely, you get this little savings vault building up. And before you know it, you could have a few hundred euro in it. Uh, With reference to a cashless society, as much as it would benefit the government tax returns uh, by taking the small but important cash flow from our villages and communities, it's not a good idea if you ask any bar staff how the cash flow is going in the bar and restaurants. They'll tell you that at least 90% of the cash trade is gone. And so with it is gone the tips that the staff used to get every now and again from some of us, at least. Yeah, and the worry then is if it's a credit card tip, you worry then, don't you, as to whether the staff actually get the uh, credit card tip at all. Uh, back to the phone lines. I do those texts in a moment. Rory, good morning. Morning, Eho. I'm good, my man. You, are you talking about extra charges put on, on debit cards? Yeah, is it? it's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. It's not what you were talking about happening, paying that kind of stuff. And like, like everyone knows that you get your bank charges every time you tap. You do. You you're charged for every and, tap, yeah. And you have to pay your fees. Yeah, right. That's that's grand. That's acceptable because you, it's my choice to tap when I want to. But yesterday, and I I I, I don't look at a tapping machine normally when I'm purchasing stuff, but. It drew my attention yesterday when I went into a takeaway in the north side area of the city. I won't, I'll tell you off here if you want me to where it is, right? Mm. But just say it's north of, of the Northgate Bridge. Mm. I went into a takeaway. I looked at the menu board and it was up and down, looking, looking, and I eventually spotted something. And I said to your man, I said, yeah, I'll have that here. I said, look. And he asked me, large, or, or, or there, there was um, an eight euro or a ten euro. Yeah. Um, and I said, eight euro, please. I said, do you tap? He says, yeah, 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 yeah. So up he goes, fidgeting with his little white box, and he he puts it up to me. And just as I put, just as I went to put my phone down to it to tap it, I spotted eight thirty. Oh, okay, okay. And What's I said about? to him, I said, 
I said, hang on a second. I said, it's eight euros. You even asked me which one I wanted. Yeah, he says, 30 cents for tapping services. I said, what? I said, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way at all. I said, I pay my bank. I said, I'm not paying you twice. I said, like. I said, no, no, no. I said, yeah. He said, yeah, it's 30 cents for tapping. He says. I said, I, and, and I actually, my exact words were, would you ever fuck off? I said, man, you're fucking ripping off people. I said, <laughs> all right, watch the old language. Go on away. I said, go on away. So cancel you- my... Cancel my order. I said, cancel my order. I'll go somewhere else. I said, and I went to another shipper. And before I asked, before I even ordered, I said to him, I said, you tap? He said, yeah. I said, have you extra charges? He said, how do you mean? And I told him, I said, I went to a shipper up the road there. I said, they wanted 30 cents because I was tapping my card. He said, no. He said, that's illegal. You can't do that. There, there, probably, so, is, there probably is a transaction charge on the takeaway from their bank, though. cent is the bank charge on a tap that's a tenth of a cent right yeah, why well, are they well, charging they should, you 30 cents exactly so like for every 10 taps for every 10 board. taps they're charged one cent yeah. but for every 10 taps they're charging customers three euro exactly Neil so that's, now, that's just completely. Is, is this happening? Is this is this happening in other places that people aren't aware of, and that just don't check it? Like I go into some places there, and I buy stuff, and I go, I, I just she says to me cash or tap, and I just say a tap, or he says to me cash or tap, and I say a tap, and I don't even look, and I just put the phone down, bang. Do you want a receipt? No, you're grand. Oh, you're just like me. I've started now to say I don't want the receipts anymore, and I, so therefore I'm only assuming that yeah. they're that they're honest enough to be charging me the right amount. Well, yes, you and I are fools actually to he, do that, Rory. He, put, he actually he held he held the tap machine up in kind of in front of my face, and I looked and I saw eight thirty, and I went, "Hold on, what's the thirty cent for? It's eight euros." No. No, no, and that's on. what drew my attention with then, like, and, I, and when you started talking this morning with the Port of Peace customer, with the other uh, listeners there about the tapping system, I said, I'm a string about it, like, and that. No, so I how, can tell how, you off here how, where how, the place is, like, well, I, I, who knows, as you said in your tap, who knows how many other places are doing this, and because people don't actually look at the tap, yes, but should, or the, the, should the people, should the public that are going into this place, should they be aware of this? No, well, you can vote with your feet, and you, ju- you did just that 30 euro. So if it was a two euro transaction, would it still be thirty cent? Yeah. Yes. Once you tap, once you tap, it's thirty cents for a tap. He said. Nah, cash is king, man. If that's the way it's going to go, yeah, exactly. Let's find out if other businesses have that charge as well, and if so, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Appreciate it, Roar. Take care. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. The banks have this well thought out with analysis, possibly hourly analysis, of how many people are using the cash counters in a bank. It started off many years ago with express lodgement. Fast forward to people being introduced to machines. And in time, believe me, the service that will remain in banks will still open, sorry, the service that will remain in the banks still open will divert to total digital. There will be many people forced to roll over to digital and that's the way it's going. Many departments or parts of departments are now being outsourced to India and other countries. The phone service is being changed every few months to push people more to digital. As I said before, one way to get a real person is to press the key for mortgage distress payments. They always answer that one, says Anne, by email to neil at redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 
on 0818-104-106, Red FM. Uh, yeah, just with regards to bingo callouts, and I know um, you can't apparently use the term uh, two fat ladies for 88. Uh, you could change this to two fat men. I don't think that men would be terribly bothered about that. But Bernadette says, instead, you could say for 88, two body positive curvy people. Doesn't rhyme with 88, but I love it other than that. Two body positive curvy people. Kelly's Eye, one. One little duck. Why Why is one little duck two? Uh, yeah, I don't get that. Uh, no, page back up there. Cup of tea, number three. Knock at the door, number four. Man alive, number five. Uh, numbers, lucky seven. Oh, that's boring. Garden gate, number eight. Doctor's orders, number nine. Some of these make no sense. Legs 11. Oh, I remember that one. Legs 11. 11, obviously. Um, Valentine's Day. That's a good one. 14. Heinz Varieties is apparently a bingo call for 57. Snakes Alive. 55. Actually, I wouldn't mind doing a bingo call from time to time. Danny, Danny LaRue. 52. Uh, Baker's Bun. 61. <laughs> There's loads more. I don't know whether these are UK bingo calls or whether they might be Irish ones or even Cork. But anyway... Text 0868104106. Just ahead of the news, can I say that yesterday we had Stuart in studio. Uh, as Kevin Galvin set this up, he's a raving Cork City fan. And Stuart hit the crossbar on his third attempt at the Galway, the Cork City Galway match. Now, the response to my chat with him, and uh, Stuart lives with uh, Down syndrome and works for Dennehy's gym. Two sound guys, actually, the lads that came in from Dennehy's yesterday. Absolutely sound. Um, but Stuart was in studio yesterday and we had a chat and played a little bit of audio and we got a great response to it it was a real feel good story and everybody loved uh, Stuart's chat with me and the fact that he hit the crossbar and was treated so well by 6,000 fans and the Cork City team and, and everybody lovely text like wonderful interview another one here it was so great to hear Stuart on the show um, I love when you highlight people with special needs. Um, thank you for the kind things that people have saying. I won't read those out. Um, well done, Stuart. Listening to you from the Costa del Sol, you were absolutely fab. Um, and lots of people then sharing the video uh, of, uh, of Stuart and indeed the crossbar challenge out at Turner's Cross. Uh, and I met a lot of people yesterday in town who also heard my chat with Stuart and they were saying that was a great chat with Stuart yesterday. Uh, and I got texts as well on my phone, so I was so delighted with that. Uh, well done to you, Stuart. If you if you missed it uh, yesterday, we played him the little bit of audio uh, of him hitting the crossbar. So this is as he's coming up to his third attempt, right? Now remember, he blew it over the bar for the first two. He's only one left, and you had six thousand people out in the cross, like willing Stuart on. <laughs> God, that was just fantastic. And that's the audio. The video is even better. Back after 10. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 
Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Just on the topic of the banks, this is what the government and revenue are aiming for. Getting rid of cashing, being able to see and follow what each and every person has. Pure control and greed. They hate that they might be missing out on a few pound. I feel sorry for the future of young people. I'm so glad I grew up when I did. I can't come on as I'm working to pay the holiday expenses for the Muppets in government. Very surprised to see that happening. Uh, The cash place of Ireland with all the tourists, hotels and small businesses that live on cash right across our county. It is baffling. Yeah, I was giving you some comparisons yesterday as where people in rural Ireland would have to go maybe an hour's journey for many of them. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, they want to get to a bank that actually has cash or lodge cash. Uh, there are two advantages with closing cash options. One, less cash, less trading on the black market, so more tax take up. And two, rural post offices will have better business, so it will guarantee their future. Fair play, that is the upside. And also, I suppose it will impact very much on um, people who are engaged in criminality. When there's no cash around, how will the drug dealers do business or people shifting drugs or shifting stuff on the black market? In a cashless society, how will you slip a couple of quid to your niece or nephew on their communion day? How will you put a few bob on a birthday card or give the local kids a few bob for tidying up your garden? Garden, They'll maybe accept card payment and keep an account for tax purposes, really. Don't think so. What the banks are about is uh, making as much money and profit as possible from as little effort as possible. Yeah, and I suppose if you can get rid of bank staff, of course, you save huge amounts on wages, and therefore that increases your profitability as well, doesn't it? Use the post office and move on. Banks are a business. If any other business could reduce overheads to increase profit, they would do it. It makes commercial sense. It's actually a good thing for the taxpayer, as we're the major shareholder. Yeah, but what do you get? Like, as a shareholder in a bank, what do you get? You don't get a dividend from them. Uh, Actually, you pay a bank levy, which is the opposite. Uh, Bet you the drug dealers around the country aren't happy with this bank. No more cash. Or there'd be more mayhem on the streets from addicts who can't get cash. And that's just a selection of texts. There are many. Text 0868104106. And the cost of highlights and getting your hair done, particularly if you're female, and it could be every six to eight weeks. Um, Gillian was saying it could be upwards and in some cases as high as 200 euro. Now I'm getting some other prices of 150, 160, 170 for highlights. And I was wondering, why is it so dear? And she says, it's getting dearer. And she believes that hairdressers, or at least a portion of them, are using inflation and using COVID and, you know, um, the cost of freight and shipping as an excuse to put their prices up, but they're actually price gouging. Stacey Ambrose has a, a hairdressers. It's called Sweetness Hair and Beauty. Stacey, good morning. Hi Neil, how are you? It's actually Stacey Old Jennifer, my sister would be uh, Christine Ambrose. Then. Okay, well let's just do that's just Stacey's fine by me. Is it fine by you? Where's the salon? Exactly. Um, we're located in Blackpool. Okay, you wanted to pick up on prices and the cost of hairdressing, is it? Yeah, no, I I do understand why people are charging like hundred and eighty five euros. Um it just comes down to like where they're located and stuff like that. Now us here in Blackpool, like we're trying to keep the prices low as we can while delivering the best quality as well. Um, but we did get emails there with all our manufacturers. They're all going up in price, all of our stocks. Um, as Why? like Alpha Parf, um, the cost of aluminium has gone up by 30%. Uh, for people that don't know, you use tin foily aluminium in the hair, don't you? 
Yeah, well, it's not tin foil that you'd get in the shop. It's like proper hair foil that you'd use in a machine um, it's to just conduct heat. Oh, I know. It comes in a row. Yeah. Forgive me. I'm just for people that don't know what it is. It's it's a foil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And even the tubes of colour as well. There is aluminium in the tubes of colour as well. So, like, everything that we use for hair has gone up. Like, anything that uses aluminium has gone up by 30%. And um, we've done our best to try to keep the cost down, but we do have overheads. And even to do a full head of highlights on someone that has really thick hair, it could cost, like, take two hours just to apply. Mm. you know and then you have to like an hour then to set and then to the basin and then you're using toners and you're blow drying and stuff so it is a time consuming kind of a thing you know Would you um, say that all of your costs have gone up 30%? Yeah like down to like, even delivery drivers their, their prices have gone up um, electricity that price has gone up even our insurance premiums they have gone up like major you know everything has really gone up and um, we're just very fortunate here that we are like we're very busy and we're very grateful for that so like we don't want to be charging ridiculous prices but you're 120 for a full head of highlights for a full head others are 200 why um, I suppose it's probably their rent as well. Like we're very good here. We're very lucky with our like our landlord. He's very good to us. Like if Stalin's were inside in town, now obviously their rent is more expensive with their rates as well. You know, and like you know yourself, landlords are increasing the the, the price of the um, the monthly rent and everything. I as guess well, your you utilities know? have gone up as well. Your heating and also hot water. You must go through a fortune of hot water. Well, we do know, to be fair, but again, like, we're, we're just lucky, like, we get by, you know what I mean? We're very lucky because we're busy, so we're we're not struggling or anything like that, like, and we do, like, grey hair extensions for great prices and stuff, but we also do different packages, like, you don't have to get a full head of highlights every time. Like, in between a full head, you can get a half head or a T-bar, which would bring the price down and down again, and we do, like, for starter packs for teenagers, now where they could come in if someone didn't want to be fully blonde, they can be paying something like 70 euros just to get a few ads. Where's like, a teenager going to find 75 euro? Well, it's normally the mothers that are paying for it. But we teach, well, why we aren't they happy with the hair they have as teenagers? What's the, why but do they... I suppose it's all down to social media and stuff like that as well as they want to be blonder, you know, they, that's just kind of the trend at the moment, really. Okay. And we kind of do the fashion colours. We have a load of, like, younger um, children that we're coming in now, like, um, young girls now, um, 14, 15, and they're getting the mad kind of, like, pinks or the mad blues through the hair as well. But we do our best not And to do they have a superstar idol that they want to look like? That's the way it used to be back in the day. We used to be follow a pop star or a rock star or a... Yeah, yeah, like a Brad Pitt or an actor or something like that. Well, if I had to guess what I think is a Billie Eilish, she has that crazy, the neon green to the front, but where people are kind of not doing the green, they're kind of doing the blue or the pink or something instead, you know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, go for it. Like, express yourself in whatever you exactly, want. Exactly, but, but, like what our, but like our aim here is to try to keep the cost down for everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's not cheap, though. It's not, no, but sure, look, like, women are never going to leave their hair good. They're always going to want to look and feel good and more to them for doing it, you know. Um, especially when you get your hair done, you're always going to feel better. So I say, why not? But you know the you know the green in the hair, could they not do that at home with a can? Well, no, you can't do it with a can anyway, Neil. And even like that, like you could, like, I know oh, some people would say, oh, let's get a box dye. But there's so many chemicals inside in box dyes. Um, if someone came into us down and they were using a box dye for years, we'd have to do a strand test. And more often times than not, like, when we use our products on it, the hair would actually bubble and snap. And we wouldn't be able to treat their hair then because they've been using so many chemicals in the cheaper product. This is why we use the better product because you get the better quality. Oh, you're referencing the one that you can see in the supermarket Aisles, all these different yeah, companies. Yeah, like you I know people like, oh, I use box dyes, but there's so many chemicals that are so damaging to the hair. 
Yeah, yeah. You that, know, the, and, and then the when patch they test is you will go into you first to see if you you do a tiny little bit, see if they're allergic. Yeah, and if they were kind of doing, if someone who came in, they were using a box say they were brown for argument's sake, and they wanted to go to copper, we'd actually have to cut a little strand of hair off, and we'd put it under the lightener, then hair, and we'd leave it set for about 40 minutes, and then we'd check it. But if they've been using box say for so long, it turns out the hair will turn into like elastic because of the chemicals in the box say. Now, you might not be charging the kind of prices I've been talking about, but earlier on, I was just doing the maths on it, that a woman could have to set aside anywhere between 1500 and two grand a year if she was paying top dollar just to maintain a hair colour. You see, again, in other salons as well, you're paying for the name of it as well, Neil. It's not just the product that you're using, you're paying for like the exclusivity, you know, or like if you go into, like in our salon, if one stylist would do the full head of highlights and then they move on to the next client and they might do another full head of highlights yeah. and then double back. Whereas if you go into another salon, they might have just the one stylist for longer and that's just them there for their purpose you know that kind of a way it's probably just like it's like you're paying for just the name of it like you're going into a like an upper salon inside in town and stuff and obviously they have bigger locations bigger premises bigger rents bigger overheads and stuff like that as well you know so that's probably why I possibly think the cost b- well, you know possibly bigger profits as well could I just ask yeah. you because during COVID we spoke a lot about those that were hairdressers who continued to work and uh, many of them probably didn't go back to salons and they're doing it themselves out of home or their mobile stylists. Is that has that got more and more popular? Um, well I don't know because all of our clients that were with us before COVID came back and all our staff came back as well because they actually we, we create a great place to work here so I don't really kind of, I didn't really see a big um, loss of clients like I see all their faces on a weekly basis coming in you know so I don't think we lost a lot to that ourselves But, but so the, I, the, the mobile stylists a lot of them probably don't pay tax on it so they're able to do the very same work remotely uh, for a lot less I'm just wondering if that's more of an attraction for people now um, well, I suppose it could be if you were trying to get it done cheaper, but like, if you're getting your hair done at home, you're going to have to be sticking your head over the back to wash your hair, whereas in hair, we do it for you properly. Yeah, I know. You know? And it's all down to shampoos and toners. Like, if someone goes to your house and you want to change your colour, they might not have it there, but we're fully stocked in here. We have it all, whatever you want to do on the day. Yeah, yeah. And it's an experience as well, isn't it? It's it's it, For many, it's therapeutic, and it's 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 the social aspect of it as well, isn't it? It is, and it's the, it's the chatting, and it's getting things off your chest and stuff. It's really, like, it's a great environment to be in um, you always leave feeling better you know because your hair is done or your beauty we do the beauty side as well here um, so people come in and it's not like coming into a salon sitting down and no one talks to you for two hours like, we know everybody here it's like a little environment yeah, you know I that know. we just yeah, created it's great chats, yeah. and they enjoy the girls that work for us they enjoy coming to work you know like, we, like we're just four years ago and we just have a, we try to aim to have a great working atmosphere and are you well. from Blackpool like were you born and reared out there no, I'm from Hollyhill. All oh, right, okay. And are you down yeah, in the actually, village? Yeah, I'm just going to let it know to your listeners as well. We're actually expanding. So we're moving into next door to the bigger premises um, in about two weeks. Um, we're going to have a big launch day on the 13th of August and everybody is welcome. Any, any old or new clients that would like to come down and get patch tested. Um, we have a new hair laser uh, removal machine in the salon now as well. Um, so it's going to be a great fun day on the 13th of August All if right. everyone would like to show up. Okay, I think I got I to have to get at least one new customer. <laughs> Somebody's looking for your phone number for a sweetness, hair, and beauty. Is there one available? 
There is. Um, I'm going to give the mobile number at the moment just because we're moving. Our landline is down. Um, so our number is 085-848-4898. And right. um, any of the girls can answer any of the questions that we talked about All right, girl, today. mind yourself, Stacey. Good Thanks luck with the me. new Have move. Take day. care. Stacey from Sweetness Hair and Beauty in Blackpool. Text 0868-104-106. I wonder what the bald one thinks of all of this uh, cashless society going forward for the barber in Blackpool. Michael, good morning. Morning, Neil. What are your thoughts? Uh, we need cash. And I think it's a disgrace that the banks are doing what they're doing. And then they say you can go to the post office. But let me tell you, if you go to the post office uh, representing AIB on a Saturday, they get coin, they can't give it to you because they don't hold it. The post offices? No, that's right. I've been, I've been to a few of them looking for coin. Please tell me that the post office is open in Blackpool, though, isn't it? It is, it is open in the shopping centre. And uh, what they call it, and they have a great service, I have to say that, and it's, I suppose it's better for the the, 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 the patrons, really, because they're not going to get wet. Yeah. They're not going to be out in the bad weather. Yeah. How many of your customers now, primarily they'd be male, would they make? Oh, it's all male. Yeah. All male. And how much yeah, of yeah. your business is cash? The whole lot of it. Go away out of that, isn't that amazing? Oh, yeah, because I tell you now, I had no intention of giving the banks 70 odd euro a month. For a, a, a card. I had a customer in yesterday, and you'll enjoy this. He was up in Kilkenny for the weekend celebrating his wife's birthday. He's from Kilkenny. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the man that was busking had a, a machine you can tap for two euro. <laughs> no problem. You see, it's linked to his. Mo- he, he's a busker that's got a small little yeah, tapper, a little yeah, white one, right. and it's attached to his phone. But he, right. he he's trying to stay I ahead of the posse. You see, I thought I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, like it's, uh, it's a fair. I think that's for two euro. Like I feel about twelve fifty cents. But the problem for that then is, if the revenue come calling, they'll just sequester oh, his yeah. bank account. That's right. Oh yeah, I'm a fair juice. So he's he's enterprising. I have to say that. Yeah, and yeah. he and he's. He's charging uh, like uh, not directly for his uh, for his wares and uh, and his talent. And by top is a great idea. So there's at least one busker that's gone tap. That, that's right. That, that's right. Up in Kilkenny. Okay. But uh, but we we are cashless and we will stay cashless as long as we can. And uh, you, you say that pretty much all of your customers are are cash of all oh, ages. Yes, yes. Uh, but they call it. They come in and they say, "Do you take cards?" We say, "No." And they get the haircut and feel like, I mean, 99% will go over to the the, the, the shop and get the, the money out and come back to us. I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we did get caught one day, all right. Uh, a person from uh, a ethnic group was very, very quick on a Saturday afternoon and he spotted a customer getting up and saying, sorry, I have only a card. And the man, he's a customer for a long time. And uh, I wasn't there. I was, over, I was over to my latter. And next I came back, I said, what's wrong with you? And they said, oh, your man went over. He said, see, he had no cash. But anyway, but one of my lads got it from him uh, eventually. He, he said, I'm going to the bank. He never came back, <laughs> yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, for God's sake. But that's very seldom That's called sad. doing a runner, remember? Doing a runner. Exactly, exactly, doing a runner. But <laughs> Dunnick, anyway, spotted Dunnick and told him, and he, he met him down the ship, so right. He said, he said, see, you're 16, you're up in here. Because he said, oh, no, no. He said, you didn't pay anybody, I said, because we were there. He said, you never came back. <laughs> yeah. You know? But uh, no, I mean, my did he pay up? Uh, he did, he did, he did. Because he did. Because we already go up for a haircut for 16 euro. <laughs> Good point. Which is, which, which is the other side of it. But um, I tell you, Neil, another problem seen last year when, uh, 
when we reopened, uh, a friend of mine in the business, and he's uh, one of the top world in the in the in the in the top twenty in the world, and he's twenty HRO here across down Limerick, and uh, there was over three thousand came through in the cards and and tips, for the first week, he had five staff, so I know he had to pay nine percent VAT, on the three thousand, right, and he said, what will I do? I said, don't stop the tips on your the, the VAT on your on your on your staff. We'll put up a sign, all tips please come in cash. But wait a second, if there was 3,000 in tips that he had to pay VAT on it, why didn't he mm-hmm. deduct the VAT from the tips and then give it to the staff as cash? Well, that's what he had to do. That's what he had to do. He had to pay, he had to pay it himself. Because there's nothing to but do with him, it's tips. It is, yes, it is, yes. So because but it's on a card, he's going to be caught for the 9%. He, he, so he got, he got caught for us, yeah. He, he did get caught. So from that day on, then he put up a sign. Uh, please, all 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 uh, tips in cash. Please. Okay, all right, nice one. Well, okay, which is fair enough. I, I mean, you know? I think it is really. I understand that. I mean, at least he's passing on the credit card tips to the staff. My oh, worry right, always yes, yes. is that they, back in the day, I don't do it anymore. But I used to ask, do you, you know, if I put it on the card, do you get it? People would say yeah, from well, time well, to time, I, no. I have, a, I have a system in my shop now. And the father comes in, and, and two children. I and I do the father, and the two boys, and the two girls, one of the girls. And they do the the the, 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 the other part, parties, and we just do the five dollar tip, right? Or a ten euro tip. I don't take that deal of that. I give it to my staff. And rightly so. It's not yours. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, see, I, but I've done a haircut as well. So, so if like you, get, I, so you so don't I keep your own tips. I, I tips if the person is on their own. You what? Uh, if the person comes on their own and I, and I do a haircut for the person, the person gives me a tip, I keep it for myself. Absolutely. I mean, but, you, you know. If, if I'm sharing the work, we just said, you, you Lou came in for a haircut, yeah. right? And, and I did one and then somebody did the other and you throw a five or tip. I said, I let them keep it. Ah, uh, yeah, you should, yeah, well, that's yeah. kind. You should be that's canonized right. for that, in fairness. I should, yeah. I should be canonized. St. <laughs> <laughs> <Saint> Baldy. St. <laughs> <laughs> Baldy, I love it. Have a great day, Baldy. You too, bye. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. Oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Corks Red FM. Frick says we're banjaxed for the ran. No cash. Could be the end of another tradition. The ran, the ran, the king of all birds. Says the great Frick down passageway. I uh, just wanted to say, Stacy has one hundred percent expressed salons situation. I had a salon myself in Blackpool for ten years. Um, now based at Tory Top Road for five years velvet hair design also retained all our clients and staff thankfully everyone came back after COVID everyone understands the increases are essential for us to continue to trade says Sharon Uh, another texter here says KC's chipper in Douglas have a one euro tap device for tips uh, so you can tap your tip which is which is great I mean they're doing the business for you and you know Pay them accordingly. Some would say that there would be no need for tipping if people were paid a decent wage in the first place. What would I? I mean, you saw what happened with Bitcoin, for instance. Everybody got, you know, well, a lot of people got uh, got involved in the Bitcoin wave, and it went up to about sixty thousand euro per Bitcoin. It collapsed absolutely, fell off a cliff, and at one stage was down below nineteen thousand. I think it's about about twenty two and a half thousand now, but it certainly collapsed. So whatever you bought in Bitcoin, you saw it being devalued and devalued and devalued over the past particularly over the past year or so. But what would happen in a cashless society where all your money was was completely traceable, loggable in a bank account? And those that had ultimate control over it then were able to say, very sorry now, but we're actually going to revalue and reevaluate and revalue your savings. We're going to revalue your bank balance because uh, things aren't going so great in the country anymore. Or things aren't going so great for the banks. So we're going to revalue the amount of money that you have 
Like, for instance, if we were in a cashless society now, could they say, well, you know, inflation now is 9 or 10%. So in order for the country to blah, 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 we are going to now devalue your bank balance by 9%. I mean, I think it's actually possible, isn't it? And I wouldn't be so sold on the post office's strategy moving forward. Like, on post on their own website say, we already manage more cash than any other organisation in Ireland and we will seek to diversify and grow our financial services uh, both online and in person. And that's fine. But they then go on to say, we aim to reinvent the post office network in every town and major village in Ireland. So we have modern post offices providing financial technology services our customers need in a cashless society. So... That that all that to me, I mean, is that, is that what they're saying? That ultimately on post as well will be in on this change where they ultimately too will be cashless. So maybe all of the financial institutions are in on this, including on post. Uh, text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. And back to the phone lines we go. Gillian, good morning. Thanks for holding. Good morning, Neil. Uh, very much. I, I appreciate your text. It's a long one, but it's better to chat. So go ahead. What's on your mind? Uh, there's lots of things about um, the, the bank going cashless and the society in general going cashless. Like, uh, the number one, we have to all children. Children are not going to know the value of money if we can't have money. So They already do, yeah, but they are, when you say children, like, like teens now don't carry cash. Well, you don't know the teens I know, so... They do. Oh, okay, fair them. enough. Well, then, all right. Then I'm open to correction. Yeah. Go, Sanya, yeah. go ahead. It won't interrupt you. Go on. It's like, there, there's, there's a, a, a vast difference between the, the cities and the country and things like that. And I think rural Ireland is becoming more indistinct, really. And it's going to be left like that because of the government and everything else, because they keep pushing everything back into the cities and everything else. Like people are going to have to travel up to an hour, an hour and 40 minutes just to get to a bank to lodge money or take out money or anything like that. Yeah, to find an ATM, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's ridiculous. Like in our local area alone, um, we've gone through three banks and now the third bank is going cashless from September where there's going to be no ATM machine and there's going to be no night safe or anything else. Mm. Where is that, Gillian? Where is that? It's in the County Limerick area, but it, it's it's between, we'll say, a hospital, Kilfinnan, Kilmallock, all that area, Brough. There is no AIB bank or Kilmallock now. And it used to be a vast uh, amount of places that you used to be able to go. They're really also closing Mitchelltown, which isn't that far from our local area. They've closed Care, they've closed Cashel. So if you look at all that, if you're on a road between Cork and Dublin, where do you stop to, to, to get money? If you're out in an evening... You can't go into a post office as they're obviously closed if there is an ATM machine inside in a shop and that shop closes, which is what's happening in our local area. You have no access to cash. How are you guys up in that area for post offices? The same thing has happened. We have lost uh, at least three post offices in the last number of years that are, are very local. We very nearly lost the fourth one, except for another um, business took it on and had to adapt their business. Similar policy. story on the air about three weeks ago with Save Blarney Post Office, and that was about yeah. to go for a burden as well. And somebody, a businessman, came in and took it over. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, and and that and people don't want that the hassle of having to 
redo their businesses and everything else for that purpose. And also you mentioned in your text that every time you tap, think about this, even if it's a bar of chocolate or as I bought last night a 99 and a a Cornetto and tapped. Yeah. Even even an individual small purchase, you are charged for that. You are charged for that. You're not with cash. you're, you're not with cash. If you if you go to the ATM once, you are charged for that um, amount of money that you take out. So it's one transaction. Every time you use your card, no matter where you use it, whether it's buying a bar of chocolate or whether it's buying your weekly shop, whatever it is, you are charged for every individual transaction. So we're not getting anything out of it. If we go cashless in the first place, you won't see anything back into the taxpayers or to the shareholders and by the way the government actually holds 63.5% shareholders in the AIB they bank do. yeah yeah with profits of nearly a billion a year exactly and they're still scrimping and giving out well, why is that difference to- why is that different to people's changing habits with regards to retail earlier this morning Gillian was uh, was it another Gillian actually I think was saying that she's a devil for buying online and that's also a big change from bricks and mortar shopping, which is on the decline, and online shopping, which is on the incline. True, but I think COVID has been a big influence in in online shopping. When you weren't able to get anything um, by going to a shop or you couldn't go outside your 5K unless you were going for a a big grocery shop or whatever, um, people got used to having to buy stuff online. However, there are people uh, that, that can't deal with online, don't know how to deal with online um, because they have never been shown, they have, haven't got the means, we don't have the broadband connection in some places um, we're just not set up for a cashless society of everything going online. I know what you're saying machines, yeah. yeah, machines are just unreliable in the first place. Yeah, um, so, so like, it's amazing the online world actually and how we're being monitored, you know, you talk about a cashless society where they know every single thing about you and your shopping habits yeah. and then you'll be targeted by advertising and marketing I was chatting with, here's another example I was chatting with somebody at home the other day who'd been out for dinner and they had zucchini fries, right? Zucchini <laughs> fries, right? Within 24 hours, popping up on my Google feed were recipes for zucchini fries. Yeah. Go and figure out, why did that happen? Like, who's listening? Um, because of all the cookies and everything that we're accepting. But these were spoken to, uh, words now, Gillian. I didn't type yeah, anything. This was a conversation in my kitchen. There was a big thing a couple of years ago where if you speak in uh, around your phones, your, tele, uh, your televisions, your smart televisions and things like that, all those things pop up. Like, if you type in um, uh, hotels in Cork, you'll be seeing it for the next three months. Yeah, but that's where you actually physically... I understand that with cookies and things. That's where you type it. But it's who's listening to us, you know? But you see, the the thing about it is most smartphones now have the capability of uh, speaking into it to actually speak what you want. So So is it it true then that mobile phone companies have, have your mic turned on to harvest your conversations, to turn it into advertising, that they give advertising space to clients um, and make money from those clients by listening to us on our phones. Yes, because we accept it. But sure, there's got to be a data breach, for God's sake. Well, you'd think it would be. But the, the way that they can actually get around it is um, if you actually go in and even your 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 photographs and everything else they'll ask you whether they can um, 
whether they can access your photos and things. Most people just tap yes, yes okay, yeah, friend. Yeah. So you're giving it away without even realising what you're actually giving away. That's, That's pretty scary. Conditions. Yeah, That's pretty scary. Yes, it is. Okay, we covered a lot of ground there, particularly with regards to children and the use of cash and the education of cash. Yes. The elderly as well was another aspect of it that you were talking Absolutely. about that might be internet savvy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's just it. And buskers, um, all that, like, it's, it's going to make a difference. Even small country hairdressers, um, little shops, that don't have tap and go or don't have anything like that. No. Where are they going to, where are they to going go to after go? this? Now, yeah. would you would you be interested in knowing where I got the 99 and the Cornetto around about 7 o'clock last evening? Go on, tell me. Emily, County Limerick. Oh my God. <laughs> Down the road. <laughs> so I was in Emily, I was in Hospital, I was in Ballylanders, I was in Galbally. Do you know all these areas? I do. I know them very well. And the, and one is more beautiful than the other. And the countryside is glorious. And the villages are just chocolate boxy. Yeah. They're gorgeous. It is. It's a fantastic part of the country. It I really, really it. is. Yeah. I so was up there looking for. I was up there looking for a grave. Would you believe it? A grave oh. from 1921. Searching, oh. searching the graveyards of County Limerick. It was an amazing well, experience. Actually, yeah, it uh, is. Yeah, and I just thought I'd share that with you because that's your part of the country, isn't it? It is, and it's a fantastic part of the country. And we're covered by Ballyhara um, Development, which actually deals an awful lot. They did a, pro, uh, a program a couple of years ago um, where they they had a group of students go around and uh, go in and monitor all the old graveyards, take note of who was buried there. Yeah, um, there's so a lot of work needs nice. doing there. I'm thinking of bringing in um, a grave finder as there might be a professional out there a bit of a grave Very, detective you know find yeah, contact, a find a dead person from the 1920s for me yeah contact Ballyhara first because I know that they had um, actually it was in hospital that was doing it I think at the time um, so it was the Ballyhara group that was down there and, where would um, I, I find them on a Google search trying to find my Google. trying to find my wife's grandmother's grave yeah go on yeah just just go into Ballyhara development um, and you can get a number there and the girls will patch you through to whoever was dealing with Because a lot of the records um, from back then were, were burnt, um, uh, yeah. you know, and there was one, there's one particular funeral home up there way back in one of the, one of the villages that was, uh, had a bad fire in the 1940s and all their records, um, problems with the church records. It's amazing from that period of time. There was so much yeah. turmoil going on in Ireland in the, in, in the early 20s. You know, the four courts were burnt down and all sorts of things yeah. and records lost. But I was actually thinking yeah. yesterday, you know something, if there was a hotel in the, in that area, you know, Galbally, Ballylanders, Hospital, Emily, I'd stay there for a weekend. Just there, to, there's plenty of B&Bs. There's there you go. Yeah. hotel yeah. and yeah. there's hostels and things like that. There is... Um, camper camping sites and you have there's lodges in, from Ballyhara above in Ballyhara oh, I loved it up there desk. I might borrow Kevin Galvin's mobile home or his uh, his camper van for a weekend there you go head back up along your way <laughs> hands well off worth, it's well worth the drive up there it's lovely chatting with you and lovely chatting with you and everything it's a good spot alright thanks so much thanks Emily thanks, right, thanks you Emily says I. thanks Gillian cheers take care <laughs> back Bye, after the break text 0868 104 106 Pat standing by this is the Neil Prenderville Show. 
text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Gork's Red FM. Paddy says, if you don't want to be tracked online, go to your settings on your phone or your tablet or your PC and click the settings button and then go down to cookies and click don't store cookies. Cookies are the little tracking things they use to track all of your movements and your history and what you buy and what you visit and what you look at. Don't store cookies. But that would, would that also stop them from listening to you on your mobile phone, I wonder, because they clearly are. Text 0868104106. Pat, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thank you for holding. What's on your mind regarding this topic with cash? This topic, just my point was the people that were told years ago, don't keep your money under your mattress and put it all in the bank, you'll be much safer. Now, I think this is going to send people the opposite way again, and they're going to have... Put out, get all their cash out, keep it at home. I was reading a court so report this the morning. Burglars. The burglars, yeah. I was reading a court report this mor- yesterday morning. I won't go into the details because it's just coming before the courts uh, where mm-hmm. somebody had a, a safe at home uh, and it was robbed. There was 24,000. Yeah, yeah. You see that? 24,000 euro in the safe? A cork story. I did indeed. Yeah. 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 And they got it back, thank God. That's, well, that's true, but it just goes to show the amount of money that some people keep at home. <laughs> but people will keep more at home now if this is going to go ahead. Yeah, especially the older people that don't do online and all this stuff. They're going to take their cash out, go in, pay their bills, and that's it. As so in, they'll, the they'll take out the field day again. When they hear, okay, cash is going to cash is going, they're going to withdraw all of their money in cash and keep everything and at the bank, the bank of yeah. home. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, and I think that is that is a, that is a reasonable worry actually because. Um, you know, you could Very much so. you, you know of the stories of people also being followed from banks and post offices. Absolutely, yeah. Going to a post office, which you can be seen very easy, get an envelope, especially when they put it in an envelope, put it to a car and go and they're followed home. Yeah. yeah yep. Yeah, yeah. That's an added worry. Okay. Thank you. How, how are you with regards to cash? I mean, do you have a debit card? Do you tap? <laughs> no, I don't do anything at all. I have a few bob at home, get my pension, a few bob, and I spend it when I get it. I and don't have to worry about anybody breaking into my house at okay, all. Okay, so you withdraw the cash and your pension account. How do you pay bills then? Um, like um, when I get the bill in the door, I pay, go to the post office and pay the bill. Which I, I could pay if I was sold online, get it much cheaper if I wanted. But I won't. I'm just one of the old-fashioned people. I just get the bill in the door. The minute I get it, I go up to the post office, pay the bill, that's it. And are there, well are there many people that do that? Thousands, because I rang the company, the gas company, and I said, I, they offered me huge discounts, and I said, no, I'm going to do old-fashioned ways. And the girl said to me, you're one of thousands. Did she say that, yeah? Thousands, she did. Indeed, she did. I remember her saying it. I thought I was the only one. She said, there's thousands like you. People just want to get their paper bill. They get it in, they know what they've left, and they pay the bill. And, and would there it. be many people who would be taking an ESB bill or a gas bill? or What other kind of bills would you have? Maybe your car insurance um, well, and stuff I, like that? Well, car insurance, um, my son would do all that for me online. Yeah, but so the stuff that you would pay, would would many people go to a bank in the past and pay it over the counter in a bank? I never did. Mm. It was the credit union or or the post office, that's it. And if they withdrew those services, what would you do? Uh, Oh... You'd be in trouble then. I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't know, honestly. I never even thought of it. But if, if it came to it, I, I don't know what I'd do. Okay. All right. I okay. really don't. Okay. Um, you always know what you have. You know, always, you'll always Absolutely. know how much you have and to I spend. like to know what I have because I can't overspend. <laughs> it's like you go into a pub with a car and you buy a few pints or a few rounds and then your bill comes in and say, oh my God, did I spend this? But like you were a caller on this morning early and he said he knows what he spends. 
So if you go in with money in your pocket and you spend what you have and then you've none left, well, you go home and that's it. Do you even have a bank account? I do, but I very, very rarely use it. Very rarely Sorry, use it. It's an account that's in the, the old TSB years, I'd say, well, maybe in the 70s I opened it. Yeah. And it's there and it's just for... I, I, t- I put money in the account and my son then would do insurance or yeah, I know tax mean, or anything yeah, and yeah. I take it out and give it to him and yeah. that's where it's paid. That's yeah. it. Nothing yeah. else. I might use it three, four times a year. Old style. Old style, exactly. All right, my man. Cheers, Pat. Thanks for taking the call. Thank you very much, Mind Dean. yourself. Thanks Bye. for listening. Correction, Bye. just listening to your show, you mentioned Emily was in County Limerick. It's actually in County Tipperary. <laughs> My apologies to the people of Emily. It's in, I was in both counties then. Well, I tell you why I knew I was in Limerick. Limerick flags everywhere. Right across every town and village I went through. Limerick flags following the All-Ireland. Everywhere. Uh, so that's how I knew I was in Limerick. My apologies to the good people of Emily for putting them in the wrong county. Duly corrected. All right, back to the phone as we go. Malcolm, good morning. Morning, Neil. First of all, uh, I believe you're on your holliers, are you? Oh, yeah, my mid sunny and uh, Alicanta. Oh, lovely. And is it hot? Extremely. Give it's us a little talk before, I think. All right, did it get higher than that earlier in the week? Yeah, well, I think it was just 36, 37. I think it's going to get higher by, by, by the end of the week. And are you all right with that? Like, Do you like that kind of heat? No, if it gets any hotter, I'll be getting the tail down with it. <laughs> You just have to have afternoon siestas like the Spanish do. But anyway, enjoy, oh, yeah. enjoy, enjoy the house. You, you were reminding me of a conversation we had three years ago. Go ahead. Yeah. Here's his book, The Irish Bank. Bank machines to foreign investors. And I think the Irish Bank sold the rights of bank machines to foreign investors. Yeah. They made it for a small profit or a quick profit. It's going back about three years ago. You, at the time, if I can remember correctly, didn't know much about it. And I, I still, I still don't know much about it. I mean, when you say yeah. they sold the bank machines, what do you mean by that? They sold the rights of them. So you'd, you'd have foreign investors coming in. They got a lump sum of money for it. But this is all. This was all heading. And I said this two, three years ago. This was all heading. So the cash in the bank and the ATMs is controlled controlled by international companies, not the bank itself. Yeah. Not the bank. Not the bank themselves. No. I'm, so how do these international investors feel about the ATMs, ATMs being ripped out of banks then? For sure, like, it probably doesn't suit them if, there's going to be, if it's going to be a cashless society. But what, what does a cashless society do for you except take jobs? Like, if I went down to Argos and Blackpool and I wanted to buy something, you're being ushered over to the cash machines to pay you. You wait a second, you're breaking up there. I haven't been in Argos Sorry. in a while. Can you actually use yep. cash in Argos? You can, you can if you insist on it, but they'll try, the staff in there will try and usher you over to use the cash machine. Which, which, is, which is what, unfortunately, they're being, incur- they're being instructed to do, right? Yeah, but the, the idea behind all this is it's cutting jobs. It's the same thing with the supermarket. You're going up and they're, they're asking you to go to the uh, self-service, most of them. And if you look in any store, they seem to be getting more and more. They'll use the excuse that they don't have staff. My honest opinion is they want to get rid of that. Okay, so could that and be the reason why? Could that be the reason why so many lanes and supermarkets are shut, and you have queues at other ones that they ultimately want to drive people crazy, so crazy that they'll just go to the um, to the self service ones? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you stick your card into that machine, do your business. There's no cash in, no cash involved there. Yeah. which I think is crazy. Yeah. What happens to like you won't be sending the child to the shop? You can't get the card to go to the shop. 
you know, going back years ago, you might get, I don't know, 50 pence off your pairs. If you're going to the shops to get them, whatever, yeah. and spend 50 pence for yourself, you also have those days, it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, how do, how do people... Leave? Yeah, but even think as parents now, because I don't know, but how does a parent give a child pocket money anymore? They probably send it to their bank account because they might have a debit card well, now. Revolut, Revolut, Revolut card or something like that. I have to say, Revolut is incredibly handy. It is. I have on myself. It's very good. Yeah, it really is. I don't know about Somebody, somebody you old traditions that I know, and it's that way, to be honest. That's just right. my honest opinion. Okay. Um, my honest opinion. And, and, and what should people do about it? Well, what they did with water, with the water rates, protest against them. Yeah, but like protest it's against who? The the retailers who won't take cash, the banks who won't take cash, the, the supermarket lie. shops that have automatic self-service? They're 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 by somebody, and from what I can coming from the central bank. It's pushing all this. Do we protest it against is. the companies that we try and call on the phone and get an automated, yes. automated machine, push one, two, three, four? Do we protest yeah. against yeah. the people who keep us on hold for half an hour trying to renew car insurance? Do you know what there I mean? You go. Should I, get, I heard you say the last time about getting bills. Yeah. Like, I've been asked, I get my, 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 my Vodafone phone bill, I've been asked, um, would, I say, would I prefer to take it online? I said, if you send it to me online, I said, how am I going to pay for it? You don't know what I do as a, as a day job. I said, I'm a postman. I said, yeah, you want to take letters off me? Yeah. Off your son's hand, he said. Yeah. You but but I, do, I don't want to have to go in physically on a journey into the city or wherever to pay a bill. I, I like being able to pay bills online. Go to your post office and do it? No, I, I don't want to have to waste time when I can just do it at the click of a button in 60 seconds. I'd like that. Yeah. I would I'd not like that. I'd prefer to go and hand over to the Right. The cash over when he, when he, when he do me bills or whatever. Okay. I went that way for a long, long time. Listen. And I don't think I'll ever change now. No, no. And I'm not encouraging it to change. I'm just saying yeah. that I, I find a lot of it very efficient, um, much faster. Oh, sit down, you can pay three or four bills in the space of five minutes, ten minutes, whatever you want, all the, online. If I can remember the bloody passwords, that is. What? Is it the lazy way out? It probably is. All right. Okay. I've been called worse. You know, Listen, be, before before you go, right? Um, was chat. I don't know whether you heard me talking earlier on this morning about dogs, right? No, I didn't hear. That. Okay. So there's a story out saying you can tell how happy or sad a dog is by the way they wag their tails. And I was saying, if you want to know how to read a dog's mood or temperament, ask a postman or a postwoman. Ask somebody <laughs> in the postal services, right? Because as a postman yeah. told me a couple of years ago, our postman said to me, because I'm afraid of dogs, right? He said. Never be afraid a dog of a dog that's barking and wagging its tail. Be afraid of the dog who's got the tail stuck down between its legs and, and, uh, and growling. As a postman, are you able to read dogs as to whether they're aggressive or not? Sometimes you would. You know, you look, most dogs are, are grand. Like, when you see them running at you, you know that you're in trouble. No, but he says you're all right if they're running at you and they're wagging their tail. I don't know about that. <laughs> Well, I suppose it depends on how big they are. Then, if I saw a big one run towards me, I'd be running the opposite way. Have you ever come, have you ever come a cropper to a dog delivering post? Yeah, well, I've been bitten twice. And twice I was bitten. So, not serious, like two tetanus injections. Then is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are they mortified the people who own the dog? Oh, yeah. I lost a wedding one time. I one dog up in Blarney. You what? I lost a wedding ring over one dog one time in Blarney. He was, he ran out the door, jumped up, I thought he was up at the table, he went, grabbed onto my hand and he shook my hand to get him off. My wedding ring thrown out He probably swallowed it, did he? Say again? He probably swallowed it. 
See, probably did I say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually break it up me here. Like, Go on, good luck. Go back to the sunshine. Enjoy the day. Good luck to you down in Spain. Oh, Take care, you. Malcolm. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Can I just mention, in a couple of hours' time, from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock today, we're going to Oodles in Mahan Point because we have our uh, cone challenge, or as uh, the lads on breakfast this morning were, so, were calling it, Pogue McCone. So we're inviting you to drop down and have a go at making a 99 worthy of the biggest boy title. Because up in Mead, they have a 12-inch whopper of a cone and we want to beat that. I had a go at it yesterday with uh, Keith's cones. I didn't do too bad, I have to say. It was, I don't know, was it seven or eight inches, I suppose? Probably average enough. But uh, it then it collapsed. It fell over like a tower, like a big tower. It just, there was no real base to it. But it was tall for about... Five seconds, I suppose. So uh, between one o'clock and two, if you're down around Maham Point, it's Maham Point Family Market Day today. So it's going to be busy. If you've never been to the family market, go down there today. Have an old stroll around. They'll be, we'll be there between one and two, one and two at Oodles in Maham Point. Free ice creams. You get an opportunity to see if you can pull the longest and the biggest whopper. Um, 13 inches is what we're looking for. I think anything longer than a foot. So that's between one and two today. See you there. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench. That's the Big Red Bench. Every Saturday and Sunday from six on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Alright, so we're pulling ice cream cones between 1 and 2 today at Oodles and Maham Point If you'd like to pop down and get involved in the challenge There's an ice cream in it for you, you uh, and the kids and what have you And also, talking about beautiful places And again, my apologies to Emily County Tipperary for putting it in the wrong county uh, But there are some beautiful places And I witnessed an awful lot of them yesterday Up around uh, the borders between Cork, Limerick and Tip. And we have some wonderful, wonderful prizes to give away. Uh, did some, did a lot last week and we're doing them again uh, this week. Uh, you know, I gave you the whole list, Photo Wildlife Park, Leahy's Farm. We were chatting about the UCC tour yesterday, Cork City Jail, Zippet Farm and Zippet and Farn Woods, uh, West Cork Model Railway Village, Spike, Cove Heritage Centre, Michael Collins has Skibbereen Heritage, all these places. So they're family passes uh, and we're giving them away on air, particularly if you want to share your own happier um, crazy stories about holiday experiences. Um, they don't necessarily have to be Irish ones, but it'd be better if they were, but certainly any kind of a, a holiday story could get you on air. Um, if you make us laugh or cry, text 0868104106 on that, or indeed email your story to neil at redfm.ie and I'll have some more passes to give away this morning, just before midday today, more family passes for some great tourist attractions. And again, if you get an opportunity, download the Explore Cork app because there's about 850 different places on the app, places to see, things to do around the city and the county. Right, text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines we go. It's busy this morning. I'm staying with this a little longer than I had thought, and uh, it's not coming in by text on it as well. Mike, good morning. Oh, hang on. He's, uh, he's there. He's on one. Appreciate it. Mike, there you go. Morning to you. How are you doing? Hello. Yeah, can you hear me now, Mike? I can, yeah. Just a second, Emily. Okay, go, go, cancel. Yeah, I can hear you, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Why did you say to Google? Cancel, is it? I was listening to, I was listening to you on Google. There um, you go. So that's what we're talking about. Everything's changing with regards to technology. Before, that would have been an old-fashioned radio, transistor, or wireless, whatever. Yeah. Now, now it's Google. Now it's... Um, totally, totally. Now it's changed. Alexa. It's completely, so yeah. the world is changing, and maybe that's the way cash will go as well. No longer required. Well, Neil, the way I look at it now is, right, and I've been on to think about this before very briefly, okay? I have 
I hate the banks, right? Because I think they're all teams. Now, if you think back to 2008, 2007, 2008, when the banks came with their, their hats in front of them, they lost out. Who done it? You, me, and everybody in this Yeah, country. and we're paying and bank levies people. and we're paying it back now. And t- yeah, yeah. And, and the older people especially, okay? Now, I'm going to give you an example of how... Would I, you have preferred if the banks collapsed? I don't know. I wouldn't, like... I'll put it this way. I worked in finance a long, long time ago, okay? And just to give you an example, I had a, a, a bond, a love sum invest bond, Okay, that was a guaranteed bond that I purchased through the bank. It was a subsidiary company of theirs. Right. And back then, I had the bond and I was guaranteed X amount of money. My capital that I invested was guaranteed. So at the time, a car came up that I wanted to buy. So I off down to the bank and I said, there you go. There's your, your, your policy there. It's guaranteed for that amount. Okay. And I applied for a car loan, which they shot me down. Okay, and how they shot me down was they left a message on my mobile, which is against the law, first of all, because if she had dialed the wrong number, the person who received it would have had all my details. Yeah, I know. But anyway, <clears throat> I said thanks very much, and I walked out, and because they'd refused me, so that's fine. Uh, the bond matured, and I went to the bank with the check, and I said I want to cash this check, and the person at the counter said to me, "Oh." Very nice. Oh, brilliant. Uh, just hang on there for a minute. Came back out, went into a room, came back out and said, would you like to come in and have a cup of coffee? <laughs> I know where they're going with that. They want to keep your money. <laughs> I did too, exactly. Now, I stayed along with it because I knew where they were going to, Neil. So I went in and have I a had cup my of coffee. coffee. <laughs> oh, I just want to ask you. get a couple of biscuits with that? For, I could, have asked, I could have asked for a chocolate cake with it, me, let's say. And I would have got it. <laughs> It'll have rushed and out for it. <laughs> so the, the next thing, anyway, a financial advisor came in and said, you know, we can do great things with this money if you wanted to. No, I said, I don't. He said, why? I said, I came down with a, a piece of paper, uh, the deeds of a, a, a bond six months or eight months ago to you, and I asked for a loan, and you wouldn't give it to you. But yet when I come in with the cheque, you want to crawl all over me. Yeah. I said, I'd take my money and I'd put it where I got the loan. Thank you very much. And I got up and I walked out. And did they okay. give you, begrudgingly gave you the cash? Oh, it took a, it took a little while, but I, you know, it was my cash in their check and, you know, I, to be honest with you, I just felt, you know, I was kind of wise to this because I had worked in the industry years ago. No, I mean, it would leave a bad taste, though, if they were treating you, falling all over you backwards. Here's T, come on in, meet us, financial advisor. They want you to reinvest your money, whereas six months earlier when you wanted a car loan, they didn't care who you were. Yeah, I understand. With the same bit of paper, paper, right? The second thing that I have a problem with the banks is I had free banking with my bank, Bank of Ireland, since 2001. Okay, if you followed certain guidelines, if you would... Don't you have to keep X amount of money in the account or something? X amount of money in the bank and X amount going through every month. Never get okay? in, never get overdrawn and stuff? Exactly. Yeah, okay. And I was within those guidelines, so I had free banking till, um, I don't know, we'd say eight months ago. And then I got an email from Bank of Ireland saying, we are now changing our ways and free banking will no longer be available. No matter how much you win the bank. And we will be now charging you six euros a month to keep your accounting in order. Mm. 
And I said, well, hang on a minute. I've been doing this for the last 20 years. And now you're changing the goalposts. So I decided to wing them. And I just said to you, man, I said, look, um, there's X amount in my account. It's never overdrawn. It stays well within the guidelines. Why are you changing it? Ah, your man says to me, um, they're changing it, that's all. We can't do anything about it. But I said, what's the point in me changing it? I don't even go into the bank. I do all my banking online. I'm lucky enough that I can do that. right? And then, your man says to me, I said, look, simple as, I don't want to go down that route. He said, well, that's the way it is. And he says, if a direct debit boxes, you won't have to pay the 12 euro charge. But I says, you know what's in my account there. I don't think a direct debit will bounce because I'm well covered in yeah. that sense. No, I'm not loaded, but I know that, you know, a direct debit wouldn't bounce. And he goes, yeah, but you won't have to pay the 12 euro charge. But I said, it's not going to happen. And you want to charge me six euros. And no. So you went from free banking over. with always money in the account. Uh, yeah. which the bank have access to, to invest in other ways. Yeah. That's how banks work. But for all of that privilege, they're charging you six euro a month. And I don't even use the bank. I do it all online, okay? Like, and they move the goalposts. That's how sickening and thieving they are. And that's my, that's my own personal opinion. All right, right? okay. But I'm sure, like, I know a lot of older people who do not have the knowledge to do online banking or who are probably afraid of tapping and all the rest of it. Like, they're the people that bail the banks out and yet the banks don't give them the, the, the older people the two fingers. Yeah, well, that's know? true. Okay, let's get some texts on it from this morning, lads. I see a lot coming in, so let's uh, get some of those on air as well. Uh, on the banks, uh, this is what the government and revenue are aiming for, getting rid of cash, being able to follow each and every person. This is all about uh, control, nothing more. Uh, and yet my husband was just an, asked in our local Circle K uh, in the and the machine wasn't working, so they were asking for cash, um, as in... There's a typical example. So the tap card machine goes down. You can't do any trading because there's no cash alternative. That just happened in a Circle K. Uh, People should close their AIB accounts. They've abandoned the elderly community after we bailed them out. Uh, Look at what happened in China with the collapse of one of their major banks. So people's cards are useless. Rioting and mayhem and not a word on our controlled news stations. Well, I haven't mentioned because I didn't know it. More fees for the banks, more bonuses for the directors, more cash for the shareholders, uh, all voices of dissent will be locked out by society. The seed was set when they made people believe that they had to view anyone that didn't think they needed a COVID jab as a threat to society. Well, they knew that COVID would be thrown in here somewhere on the line. What about the people who are hiding money away when they can uh, get out of a, so they can get out of a divorce or get out of a relationship? or giving a bit of cash to a homeless person, even kids saving a bit of pocket money for something. That's interesting. That's that, that's the second text now I've had from people saying that there are people in relationships who are ready to get out of the relationship and they have been slowly but surely over time squirreling away cash for the day when they will go. Uh, all you got to do is look at Canada when the truckers protested. Their bank accounts were frozen and anyone who helped them had their bank accounts frozen too. Morning, Neil. Banks can never be trusted with all your money. You need at least diversify some cash, some digital. If there was ever a run on the bank, you can be sure you'll never see your money ever again, or at least for a very long time. Um, that's why cash is important, I suppose, in the event of there being a run on the banks. Definitely a big no to cashless for me. I don't use cards 
as I get my pension in the post office and it's cash. I do zero online. It's a disaster. People will lose all control of their finances. The government control how much you spend and what you can spend and even where you spend it. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. A listener who uh, worked in banking in the past said that banks actually rent ATM machines from separate companies. You will see the names of these companies on the ATM machine. If you look at it, for example, you might see Wincor Nixdorf. If the ATM is out of money, that's the bank's issue. But if the ATM has a fault or a technical issue, an engineer would need to come out and service it. Banks can fill ATMs on site themselves, but for the off-site ATMs, they would be filled by one of these engineers accompanied by a G4S security van. Next time you use an ATM, have a look out for the company name on it. They ain't owned by the banks. Actually, you know what? I, I know the name of the chipper, actually, that uh, we were referencing earlier on that had a 30 cent charge to tap for an eight euro chipper meal. Now, we can call them and ask them. It's, well, we'll anyway, but I don't know if there's even a point because apparently a lot of companies charge extra for a debit or a credit card charge. Somebody's saying, have you not ordered a pizza recently online from different pizza companies? On Lee's side, there's an extra 50 cent debit or credit card charge on it. But surely, surely that's extortionate. Surely that's much higher than it should be because the banks can't be charging them 50 cent on every debit credit card charge that they impose through that company. Surely it can't be 50 cent the bank is charging the pizza company. Uh, text from a shop owner said, I just heard about the charge uh, on a tap in a chipper on the radio. I also have a shop. And I'm with a card company that you can select if you want the charge put onto their product. So the shop don't have to pay the card reader transaction fee. Uh, actually, I'll tell you what, I'll come back to that when it's, when it's cleaned up and it makes a bit more sense because it seems there's a, it could be a shop owner who's got an opinion on it. So I will come back to that one. I'm just making the point that it may be more prevalent than you might think with regards to charges for, uh, you know, all sorts of different things that you buy. Uh, that the chipper story mightn't be exclusively just one. There could be many others. But we do know that AIB, the 30th of September, and again then on the 21st of October, uh, many of their branches will go cashless. So they won't be offering cash. No more check services at the counter. Uh, There'll be no notes, no coins, no checks, no foreign exchange, no bank drafts. They'll be getting rid of the drop safes. They'll be getting rid of the uh, night safes. They'll be taking the ATMs out and will be removed I was giving you examples yesterday, if you were, say, an AIB customer in, just off the top of my head, Carrigaline, uh, and you needed to use an AIB or an ATM, you need to go to Douglas, right? That was just one typical example. Also, it got me thinking about, because one of the things that will be gone are checks. They won't, uh, they'll not have, they'll have no notes, coins, checks. I, I have a checkbook. I use checks. I mean, I don't know how many people still do. I think it's very, very diminished the amount of people that I actually like checks and writing checks and not, not necessarily bouncing checks, but I still have checkbooks. I wonder how many people actually do still use checkbooks. Text 0868104106. Can I try that again there? Um, just heard you on about the charge on a tap in a chipper on the radio. Yeah, 30 cent ch- uh, tip tap on charge on the tap. I also have a shop and I'm with a card company where you can select if you want the charge put onto their product. So the shop don't have to pay the card reader transaction fee. Um, I hope that makes sense, Les. I really do. The company I'm with, it's a 2% transaction fee. So if the product is €10, then it's €10.20. 
just say a thousand euro goes through the card on every week. That would be 200 euro charges. I have to pay just to use the card uh, when I didn't even want to get the card machine in the first place. So with this company, it passes the charge on to the customer. And it's also not illegal once you have a sign in the shop to say there's a transaction fee. Just like shops that don't accept cash, they have to notify you beforehand. Okay, so I think the gist of that is that the shops, and in this case, a shop that has a card reader and has tapping facilities is charged two euro, a 2% transaction fee by the company that gave them all the kit, right? And also does the servicing of it and handling of it in an online world. So that's why it's passed on. So in that case, a 10 euro purchase would be 10 euro 20 to the punter. Okay, so the case then with the chipper then is that the chipper is being charged 30, is being charged, um, is being charged 3% transaction fee uh, by the uh, card company. Okay, I get it. All right. That kind of explains why there's an added charge. But with cash, you have no charges whatsoever. Nothing like that. All right, text 0868104106. We're going to mix it up now for the next half hour. So we're just ahead of that. Calvin, good morning. You, good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. You're you're in Mayfield. So you just wanted to co- cover two different topics. Firstly, cashless. Go ahead. I do it. I do indeed. Um, cashless, number one, is an absolute joke. Um, because uh, two weeks ago, my card was... Um, Used fraudulently, my my bank account um, money was taken out of my account, so I had to get on to AIB, uh, which they dealt with it very professionally, by the way. So I was more than happy with that. And do you any idea how it happened and what happened? I I do I do I, I well I know who took it, but I don't know how they did. Okay, that these were these were strangers in a faraway land, kind of a thing, is it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I won't get into it because the uh, the fraud squad in AIB have to come back to me yet and speak to me about it. So I won't get into it until they clarify exactly what happened. But they knew straight away. The minute I rang them, they knew. And they can went, you yeah, trace that fraud back to use of a credit card or a debit card? Yeah. It, it's it's my card. Yeah, it's my debit card. Go away. And okay. the reason the reason why I rang and spoke to Claire a while ago is simply because I had to cancel my card and I had no access to money in any way, shape or form. So in a cashless world you'd be completely snooping. I was I was I was shagged, basically. Yeah. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't if I wanted to get on the bus. No, I'm lucky that I have my lead card and I do avail of all the services that we do have um, available to us. But I was thinking about the older generation that they can't do these things. They, they actually can't. So taking away our banks is crazy. And like, you, had a, you had an experience then of that yourself when you were without, you were saying that it was a long week waiting for another card. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. A week I had to make my way into town and into the only bank that we have access to in Cork at the moment is either Blackpool or um the South Map. But there are three banks in, in um, there are three banks in Blackpool, no, aren't there? Well, I, I, the, I, I only deal with AIB. Oh okay, so but there's the no bank in Mayfield though, though, so there's not no, there's not. No, God, no, there's not. No, no. Used no, to be. No, there's not. Yeah, used so, to be. So, 
There used to be, yeah. It's a funeral home now. But they said that they can't, they probably would say they couldn't keep the bank in Mayfield open because nobody was going into it anymore. I, I look. I agree with that. There is a, a, there is a point to be made about you know that why do you keep a business open if there's nobody using it? But what they're forgetting, and as your last caller had said, the elderly people, the elder. My parents are not even in their seventies yet, but they don't know how to use internet banking. Mm. Mm. If anything went wrong with them, how are they going to go to the bank? But how and, do they? But how do they? Hang on a second. How do they even know then how much they have in their account? They don't. Yeah, it's as simple as that. They don't. Yeah, because the banks don't um, provide the service. For maybe they them, get it. Maybe they get. Yet, a, maybe they get a paper statement every month. Is it to tell them how much is in it? They do. Ah, okay. yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, that comes. Of of course, that comes through the door. But that's not customer service. That's not customer service at all. Okay. For the more the more elder people in that position that don't know how to log on, how to deal with their... I've done it for my mother for the last number of years. Even her pay slip is... Um, well, she's not working anymore, but when she was, she couldn't even see her pay slip mm. because it's sent online now. Mm. And then they're saying, like, they're and there was no option or anything in the job to say, do you still require a paper payslip? It would just automatically happen, did it? it, it just, here we go. Okay. So a texture here says one power cut and everyone's broke. We're relying on apps and the internet. People need to wake up. That that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? You're just a power cut away from it does chaos. Really, right? yeah. I mean, like, yeah. it's fine. It's fine that um, you know we. Um, at a younger age, can figure out how to deal with stuff. But we have a, we are actually known as a, an older country. Our population is actually getting older as opposed to younger. And that's a fact. Mm. And all these people then can't, uh, they can't access their bank accounts, they can't access cash. It's crazy. Like, it, it's absolutely if I was to buy a cinema ticket online, for instance, am I charged an extra fee for that? I suppose I probably am. I am I on top of the the ticket? I wouldn't be with cash. Somebody says just order cinema tickets online. Uh, you know that service where you're saving them having more staff, etc. It's more expensive than going in and buying the ticket. So cinemas also, when you, I mean, it must be all businesses so are, are charging people extra for tapping and going. Has to be the case. Well. Um but well, then I, if I pay for my petrol, certain. if I pay for my petrol and I tap it, I, I, and I say it's 50 euro, I don't get charged 55. So what's, no, go, what's going no. on? Like, why then if I'm getting a pizza or going to the cinema, am I charged extra? Um, not necessarily, to be honest. Not, not necessarily. Um, the only thing that we are being charged extra for is the online usage of your bank account. Because they're no. taking no, carriages. Yeah. No, there's a shop owner what there who has that? a shop. You go into his shop and he'll charge you an extra 2% on what you buy. Do you no, buy no. something for it? Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not blaming the shop at all. The shop are just doing their business. They're 
running their business. I order pizza after uh, um, from Mr. Pizza. Yeah. And Mr. Pizza charges me twelve euro for my pizza. Yeah. But the bank charges me another charge on top of that for order. So Mr. Pizza doesn't charge you twelve fifty. They charge you no. just twelve. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, listen, exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna plow ahead if you don't mind. You wanted to make a point there because they're we're talking yesterday I about do, bus connect, which would be ripping through people's gardens and everything and tearing no, half the mangle out. I, so. I, I think it was more about um, my issue was with um, that they're planning on building um, houses down in the Glen. It's the only place up on this side of the north side that we have to go. It's an absolute jewel. I've I've walked it. Stunning there. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely stunning. And this time of the year now, it's gleaming. The, the trees are on fire. They're absolutely outstanding. And for anyone that hasn't and been there, you need to get up there and go for a walk. What are you saying? They're going to put houses in there? They're planning. Uh, the Cork City Council about two or three weeks ago said they were going to start building inside in the Glen. Now, Neil, I'll be honest with you, right? It's the only place. I suffer from uh, mental health issues. Right. And one of, one of the... Uh, the things that I was told to do was get out and walk. Yeah. And I do. I go down there every day and I walk around there. I could spend two, three hours down there walking around. You see people pushing their buggies with the babies in the buggies. Seen them There's people walking there. There's people walking there. there you haven't mentioned the wildlife, dogs. which is stunning there. Absolutely. No, Particularly oh, the birds oh and the ducks. Oh, my God. We have egrets down there. Um, pure white Egyptian egrets that travel from Africa all the way up. And are you telling um, me, because I'll check this now with some of your councillors up there, Ken O'Flynn, yeah, you're saying they're yeah. building houses there? They, at a local council meeting in the City Hall lately, the councillors said part of the Cork plan was to build houses in the Glen. Okay, I'll check that you, out. You actually... It was addressed. It has already been spoken about. It's a, and do you know what annoys me more, Neil? And I, I'm going to be very honest about this. They put millions into to the Ballincollig Regional Park. And that's all the way out there. All the way out in Ballincollig. Mm. Fine. Do it. The only place that we have to go on this side of the north side is the Glen River Park. Okay, well said. And yeah. it doesn't, it wouldn't cost very much to put a couple of bob into it. I'll check that out, all right? Covered a lot of ground, Calvin. Look after yourself. I'll check out the Glen River Park and uh, your comments regarding building houses there, and I'll come back on that, all right? All right, pal, mind yourself. Take care. Text 0868104106. Just a fast one, um, and then some other businesses. Well, Con, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How and are you? And, of course, you? many of the decisions, whether it's Bus Connect or closing uh, banks or tearing out ATM machines, that's all made uh, by faceless bureaucrats in Dublin. It is indeed. Now, let me ask you this question. With paper refusing? No, no. 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 So, therefore, everything that goes down on paper is workable. But when it comes to reality, it is not workable. Because 
when I work with the Cox City Council, when they brought in the Wheelieman situation, they'd done the same thing with us. They told us that they could do this and they could do that. And it was all done on paper and it looked fantastic. And what did you do but in the corporation? We asked the real deep in and we couldn't do it. Properly. What, 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 yeah, but I, I just want to clear up as to what you did that you couldn't do with the corporation. What was that? We couldn't do it within the time. Or were you collecting, were you, were you in refuse collection? I was driving the bin lorry at the time. All right, okay. Because that's privatised. Was, was, was that before it was privatised? Exactly, Nigel. Yeah. Before, when the wheelie bin situation came in first, we brought in the wheelie bin situation. We worked the wheelie bins for them. Yeah. And we proved it. Down on paper, everything works on paper. But when it comes down into reality to do the actual thing, it doesn't work. And it'll be the same thing with the bus lanes that they're trying to do. As I turned around and said to you, Nile, here's this, here's these maps here. There's Limerick City. Make out a route there for me. Yeah. You wouldn't know anything about Limerick City because you and he, you'd know it's where Limerick City is. And that's about as but much But that's so know. true, actually, because all of the bus connect corridors, and there are loads of them, like 75 kilometres of mayhem for a while before this is done. All of this was planned in advance in Dublin. And then they go for, then they go for what they call public consultation after they've drawn up the plans. Exactly. But unless they come down here, and walk the routes properly. Go through the routes. See where the, where the narrow streets are. They know nothing about Cork City other than the name of Cork City. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. And, I know. That's, that's how and they're also it is. using maps that are out of date, according exactly. to Kieran McCarthy. Yes. They, they don't have a clue. Yeah. Like our engineers, they all went to college. Brilliant. Nothing wrong with that at all. But come down, get on the ground. And walk the things properly, walk the routes, then walk out the routes. But, but Con, the, 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 walking the, them out on maps. All right, but Con, the, the wheelie bin system does work. You say it wouldn't work. It did work. They privatised and private companies do it. it. It did. It did work because we made it work for them. We showed them how it could work. Yeah. But the way they had it, it couldn't work. Yeah, yeah. Till we showed them. Yeah. We took out the engineers with us and the lorries. I showed the engineers, if you go down at 7 o'clock in the morning and the whole street is blocked with cars, how are you supposed to collect that refuse? You can't, because you can't get the big truck up. It would have been chaotic if you hadn't intervened, is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Unless we showed them exactly how it, was, how it should be done. And ba- so and back in the day, when, all, when people were, there was lots of people working for the corporation, wasn't there? They did all, including, <laughs> up, including up to and including those who built houses. What That's happened to correct. all of those? Were they all just all laid off? The whole lot were all made redundant, pensioned off. <coughs> Excuse me. They were all pensioned off. And on top of that, like, what they'd done to the workers, the workers let themselves be drawn into these big plans that that corporation had. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Am I have been cut off? No, you're not. You're still here. No, so... Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. cut off. Yeah. But, no, you see... The, the corporation moved with, with, with the times, and the, t- the times were that everything had to be brought up to date. The same with the bank. Uh, but bringing you know, things up to date doesn't mean privatising everything or selling everything no. off. I mean, no. you know, like, there was a yeah, lot to be yeah. said for back in the day when the, when the corporation built the houses themselves and gave people cheap loans. 
Remember? Now, you know, you know Douglas now as, well, as much as I know Ballyfehan. Yeah. We grew up in these areas, and we knew it in our side. We knew every inch. Now, you don't know any of the streets now today from, from Ballyfehan to Douglas, yeah. out beyond Grange. How, how, many, how many states can you name out there? None. Uh, you mean in Ballyfehan or Toker? Yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd have, I'd have rattled a few of them, you know. I no, but I was, no, I'm just, I'm just talking out beyond beyond that again, where the where the old boundaries were, where the new estates are. are oh, new I estates. wouldn't have a clue. The new estates, I wouldn't have a clue. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know the name of the new estates in no, any in no. any parts of the city anywhere. I just wouldn't know. I wouldn't <laughs> know them in Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's grand for them engineers above in Dublin to sit down and uh, on the desk. I look at a map, or oh, we'll do this and we'll do that. It's grand, but it doesn't work like that. That's the thing. If they come down, gotcha. get down on the ground, work with the people, tell the people what they'd like to try and do for them. Yeah, but nobody wants their front garden taken away from them, even no. if they're getting money. Like, it's just not about not money. It's, oh, there's money to be made. Let's sell part of our garden. They, people don't want that. They want to be not left alone. They want I to mean, be left in peace. The, the people in Wilton proved this. Yeah, they did. And if the people in, in Douglas, Toker, do the exact same. Tell I mean, it's not just Douglas or Toker, it's Mayfield, it's Grand Abraher, it's Blarney, it's yeah, Carrigaline, it's, it's Ballincollig, it's... Yeah, Carrigaline, the whole lot of us. Right, we're Con. all in the same boat. Right, I mean, right. our streets, Niall, as you know, were, were made for, for house and carts, not for the big traffic that's there today. There's mayhem at the moment. Cheers, Con, mind yourself. Take care. Niall, no, any chance of a, a pass for Spike Island? How could I refuse you, pal? Would you do? I'd love to take Aileen down there. Who's that? No, we're here on Token. And who's the lights? I know, but you, I know, I know, but there has to be four of you, not just yourself and Aileen. You have to round up more people than that. Yeah, that's no problem. I have four sons. Have you never? <laughs> have you never been to Spike? I was in Spike Island in '72 with the army. Go away! What were you doing there? I was. I was in the army. I was a private. Okay, so that was a, that was, a, that was an army, was it when it was an army barracks? That's right, and a, and a prison. Was it a prison in the seventies? Oh yeah, the army the army prison was there as well. And who were you locking up out there in the seventies? So I just now stepped over the line. Oh, <laughs> I see. <laughs> you were lock, the barracks. You were locking up your own. <laughs> exactly. Do you know a fella called Timmy Galvin? Did you? No, I didn't. Well, I didn't Timmy know. Galvin is Kevin Galvin's grandfather. He was out in Spike, and apparently, Galvin, apparently Kevin Galvin's dad was born and raised on Spike, he was telling me recently. Go over here. Oh, yeah, on. you know the houses out in Spike? That's fantastic. So haven't you, have you not been there since 72? No. This no, is going to no. blow your mind. I'm going to send you out there, right? I'll give Great you a pass stuff. for four, but I want you to come back to me and tell me about the day, all right? I will indeed, Neil. All right, my I pal. I will indeed. Cheers, Con. Stay on hold. We'll sort it out for you. Pass for Spike Island. That leads me along very nicely. We'll come back to all of the business in the morning, but that leads me on very nicely to our family tourist passes after the break. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 Okay, uh, just before I get back to phone lines, uh, we'll be in Oodles and Maham Points today from one o'clock to two. We want to take the title of the biggest ice cream cone 
back to the county of Cork. So we've got to beat County Meath, who have a, a big boy. We want to get the biggest boy. So if you want to come down and share some of the ice creams and also get involved in our ice cream challenge, then you need to be at Maham Point. Today is Maham Point Family Market Day. It's a great day to be down there. So between one o'clock and two, free ice creams. You have an, an opportunity to see how big an ice cream you can actually pull yourself at Oodles and Maham Point. So we'll see you there. And just before quitting time, with regards to some of the passes that we have to give away again this morning, I've chosen the uh, Leisureplex passes to give away at midday. Go do a bit of bowling. Uh, strike a few spares if you want. There's kiddie ramps there and ball walls for the youngsters and everything. So there are the passes. We're going to give away four family passes for Leisureplex just before midday. But a couple of callers on the air now. First up, Bernice, good morning. Good morning to you. Welcome ah, how are they? Day. Thanks, girl. How are they? Are you planning the hamper for Christmas or is it a bit soon? Come here for me. She's coming home to me Monday, bye. <laughs> I'm telling you, you don't need. You're on holidays and never sending himself. You plan Mars to do Christmas at home for when she comes home. What? So, wait, wait a second. Christmas in July? Yeah, I was going. I was, that was my plan. It's a good plan. So she was, yeah, but she was waiting on her visa. Okay, so what's your daughter's name again? Michelle. Michelle. And when was the last time she was home? Be three years and two months. Oh my God, I see. She's all excited, is she? I'm telling you, no, George, in the visa came to me, half past two, half past four, coming on Wednesday morning. We got you okay. The tickets were booked. Everything was booked. Was it right <laughs> down to the wire? Is she, when is she travelling? She's going to be starting to travel Saturday. Oh my God, she left and it for... coming to Cork Airport Monday and the, the, the nieces and the cousins are bringing out a, a music thing and they're playing a Catagonia thing that song oh are they playing live at the airport they are I'm telling them we'd be arrested <laughs> oh but I was that was me playing I, I went to the proper Christmas tree in Alfred but why don't you but do it it's great only because you see I know I was coming or going waiting on the, the call she's got a lover I know but you, what, uh, uh, have you not got a Machia Christmas tree at home well, I have a Machia Christmas tree being made up yes no, I don't tend to go up yes, no, I, I love we don't there no way Ah, but get someone to go up, Bernice. I think it'd be a brilliant... And get a turkey and a ham. I think it'd be brilliant. Our neighbour house is to the house is to the living here with me. It's a mad idea. It's not a mad... It's a mad good idea. So you could have it the is, turkey. Yeah. You could have the turkey and the ham. Get your bit of spiced beef. Get the macchia Christmas tree down from the attic. Turn the lights on. Get a... Get, get, the, get, get the Christmas CD playing and she walks through the door and it's Christmas at home in July. Isn't that... I think that's lovely. And actually, I did say it was... And she said to me, ma'am, would you believe she said, over here, she said, some people with their Christmas trees up in July because they're in the winter. <laughs> That's what she thought. Irish people in Australia have Christmas in July. <laughs> but Neil, I tell you, you see what happened, Neil, when she applied for her, she's over the nine years, but she applied for her visa, the first amount of money she paid, the person in the bunk with the money, she lost her money. Oh, the second time that happened to her. So then when she booked to go home this time, she just went for a holiday visa while she was waiting on another visa. And lucky, her full visa came through. Half well, she got me a half walk and done. So she can, she, she's a full visa to stay and live yeah, in Australia. She, she could probably go and for citizenship if she wants. She's going out for that now. We get her home now for her daughter. She'll be home. Her daughter will be eight in August. <laughs> It'll be her first time here for her birthday. None of, us, none of the cousins will be with her for the birthday. And her small place will be. And, she, boys, and she'll get to see Nanny, who sends the most ginormous Christmas yeah. hampers every year. <laughs> Where would I get a selection box today, Neil? I wouldn't get a selection box anywhere today, would I? Where would you get a selection box today? You wouldn't get any no promo, John. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, do I have any couple of selection boxes still at home? Or did they get raided? 
Has anybody got selection? Will you, will you do the Christmas thing on 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 Wednesday? Was it Monday, Wednesday? Or Mo- Monday. She's flying to Cork Airport. She made a course to eleven. Would you believe there was a Christmas tree on on them sites there the day Dundee site, and I actually entered this. It was all decorated and all. And I said to the daughter, I said, "I'm going. All you to do is plug it in." It's in the I, attic, I just, Bernie. Everything's up there. Like, just go and get it. I tell you a story, Neil, about my attic and my, my last Christmas tree. We took it down. You're not going to believe this, and I'm going to make a day. She took it down in the sitting room, Grace, and a mouse popped out. Because <laughs> the whole house was screaming over the mouse. <laughs> and I, I, I've toasted it now, so the next room, the mouse got in there, couldn't get rid of the mouse. Everyone was screaming every time he came out. And you know what I don't want it? I put a lamp under the cupboard. I put your broadcast on you know, when you come on at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I put that on. I put that down with the lamp. That's how mad I was off the most. And next morning, I ate the mouse. So I, I was saying, no, Tom, did, I the, I did I attract the mouse to a you, mouse trap? You killed the mouse. You killed the mouse. You were the murderer. And I, I never saw a mouse. So you used my voice to attract the rat or the mouse who then the went into the... Who got snapped by a mouse trap. Yeah. And I'm I responsible. And, you're, and I'm responsible for that. And that's when we took on last Christmas tree. Did you believe that? What do you mean you have two sitting rooms? Have you no dining room, is it? I've kind of sitting on kitchen and then I have another room, like. So, you had the tree down at Christmas time. Yeah, this happened in January, but I went down to freezes. I know, but there is a Christmas tree in the house. It's up in the attic, but I couldn't go up What's prob- What are people's problems with mice? Like, mice are just, they're lovely. They're cute, small little things that just go they're, out there. They are, yeah. They are, yeah. They're just sitting down on television, they walk out front of you and you scream the house down. Why, though? Oh, God, it's disgusting, Neil. I know, you may say that about a rat, but not a mouse. Poor old mouse. Sure, mice no. are harmless little things. I couldn't draw, I couldn't draw, I don't take stuff out of the attic. Well, I can't help you then. I mean, I, I can't, I if that. you won't get the Christmas tree down, you're not going to have a Christmas day on Monday. And because uh, you probably would get selection boxes from, from Peg Toomey's and the Cold Cake. I've never thought that. There you go, you see? Never, so never it, is, it is doable. But I could get lights outside the house because you know, everyone kind of lights outside the house. No, really, they can't. Nah. And but do you know what well, we're known as? And you'll be laughing. We're, little, we're known as the 99s. You're on about 99s all the week. That's the colour. And we're really maybe 99s. Why? Somebody's up there. <laughs> See, well, if there's I'm so asking. many of you there, there's somebody surely not afraid of mice and will get the bloody Christmas tree out of the attic. One of them right. Anyway, you need to go away and have a good think about that because uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm failing to convince you. But when Michelle is home... No, no, you're not mad. I think it's a fabulous idea. I think it's... There you go. Now you're thinking. You're thinking this through. Now it's going to happen. So keep that process thought going. That positive thinking. Christmas Day on Monday... Turkey, ham, well, spice beef, selection box. Anyway, the last holiday we had was up in uh, Waterford. We were inside caravans three years ago. We had four caravans. Lashed out of heaven for the week. My sister had one caravan and it was like the one with Father Ted, a tiny little thing. We were dancing like they were dancing inside in Father Ted. My brother, Tony, we was going at night time, put bread up on top of the rest of, the rest of our caravan and at six o'clock we wanted to close up and jump on our caravan. <laughs> Wake in the whole place and he was up cold inside his caravan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> when Michelle, when Michelle is home, where would you like to take her? 
Do you know what? Take her anywhere with me, to be honest. I just want to have her in my hands, though. And we'll take her anywhere she wants. Okay, well, after, after, you, after you end up uh, hugging there. She actually, she actually priced like triple for four days and it was a thousand euro. She what? She priced triple for four days and it's 900 something euro. Oh, they're a huge 30, money, is You couldn't. You couldn't. Now, when you're coming over, Hand, you couldn't expect to pay anything okay. like that. Okay. Well, like, I've got Michael Collins' house by Guyland, Cove Heritage, Camden, Skibbereen Heritage Centre, Yard, Clock Tower, Photo Wildlife Park. We will be doing things like. We will be doing things like. Yeah. Uh, Black Rock Castle Observatory, Cork City Jail, uh, West Cork Mollage Ra- Model Railway Village. Ring- she ever rang the Sh- Shandon Bells? Leahy's Farm. Be good. Be good for the kids to take them to Leahy's oh, Farm. Yeah, the kids. They should do something with the kids as well. Right? All right. Well, I'm going to pencil you down for Leahy's Farm. If you change, if you change your mind, I'll put you back on hold to the lads. You can pick it up with them. Let me know what you decide tomorrow. Will you regarding the Christmas I will, dinner? I will in the morning. Do do talk to you then, girl. Good luck a while. Take care, Louise. Let me see where I'm Hi. going. Ah, oh, there you are. So you want to tell me about a trip to Killarney, was it? I was, yeah. Go, go ahead. Um, so, um, my partner's from Killarney, so we decided we'd go up to Killarney there about two years before the COVID. We were always up there, so we decided we'd go up, and you know yourself, you have a few drinks. I woke up and thought it was the middle of the night to go to the toilet, and um, walked out the door. And as I walked out... The in door, a hotel now, this computer, was, right? Was like, yeah, it's kind of the guest house on the Muckross Road okay. by the Glen Eagle. So I kind of like, as I walked out the door, I was looking for the toilet. There's no toilet. Looked for the sink. There's no sink. I was a bit confused. Looked around a bit more. Realised I actually walked out the main door. <laughs> main door of the bedroom. And locked myself out. <laughs> I had no way back in through the door. So I stood there and I was naked, no clothes on. And I was kind of banging on the door. And I was like, Mike, Mike, <laughs> banging, trying to be polite, quiet. You also didn't want to wake Mike the other bedrooms the in the guest house. Yeah, but unfortunately I looked around and as I looked around, it dawned on me. It was morning time and it was so bright. <laughs> and I was kind of like, oh, sugar. That's not the word I use, but it's, oh, sugar. And all of a sudden, all I could see was these men and these women coming down the stairs to go to the breakfast room and had to pass me. <laughs> I had one arm over my breast, one arm down somewhere else, just staring, and the wives were putting their hands over their husband's eyes to block them from seeing <laughs> as they were going past me. And all I couldn't knock on the door because I was trying to hide myself. So I was kind of like, you could have kicked us. Please, can you get me help? <laughs> oh my God, I couldn't get it. Mike was a heavy sleeper, Finally, was he? Somebody took. He was a bloody heavy sleeper at the time, and he went. <laughs> wasn't at all so beforehand. <laughs> finally, um, finally, somebody kind of helped me, and um, I was like, please, can you just get somebody? So the staff member had to come over with their eyes closed. Feeling the wall to find the door. <laughs> Go away. The door. You're winding and me up. And I finally managed to get me in. I swear as true as my son. <laughs> when I went in through the door, the minute I got in through the door, my partner opens his eyes. And what's the first thing he says? Where did you go? <laughs> I was where you did I bet you went to school by angry. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I, was I have, I have nightmare I have nightmares like that, but it actually happened to you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I actually went to the bedroom window. I said, I refuse to leave that bedroom door. We were on the ground floor. 
I looked over the window and I tried to open the window because I was, I was going to escape out the window and leave him man back to eat. <laughs> Did you go down for breakfast? I didn't know one for about seven. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I had to Google what the breakfast room looked like because I haven't got a clue and I've never gone back there again. I can well imagine you haven't gone back there. All right, listen, I'm oh, out of time, but I'm it's a great story. Absolutely. It's the thing of nightmares. Um, did the lads tell you, you can pick, you can pick <laughs> a pass yourself. Any idea what you'd like to do with the kids? Well, mine are teenagers now, so um, I was looking at the boat trip or the leisure plex or Spike Island. Jo- well, not really jo- well I've given away some Spike for now, so there's uh, we boat trips left. Uh, I don't know. Why, why, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to do the self-drive boat tour, that's fine. Or if you want to go to leisure plex, up to you. You pick. I do the self-drive, if I could, please. Okay, well, I'm going to put you back on hold. You can work it out with the lads. But thanks for sharing, Louise, all right? Cheers for now. Take care. I just just to, let, just to let you know, that girl with the... Um, she was looking for the Christmas box. I actually have one if she wants it. I, so we've at least one selection box found. Fair play. Hold on there so we can get details if she's looking for that. Because I think maybe Peg Toomey's might have them down the coke. But we have at least one. So thank you for that, Louise. Fair play. Stay on hold there and enjoy. You can book Cork Harbour boat hire tours. They're self-drive boat tours in the Lee and also down off Cove. You can Google it yourself if you wish and we have more of their passes to give away. So we're heading to Oodles at uh, Maham Point between 1 and 2 o'clock today for the biggest ice cream challenge. You fancy an ice cream? Fancy being part of the challenge? We'll see you there. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast.